is Free Talk Live. You can take control of these airwaves and dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those again. freetalklive.com. You actually get to control the content of the site. Uh, whatever it is you want to submit, you are welcome to do so. You find something online, maybe a YouTube video or news item, blog post, whatever it is you think is interesting, you think our listeners might enjoy, you submit it as show prep over at freetalklive.com, and then others can vote as to whether or not they like or dislike your suggestion, and the most liked will make it to the front page and the top of the website. So go see for yourself, get interactive over at freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. All right, so uh, we'll start things out here with an update for you. Uh, according to Gizmodo.com, which is a kind of a tech-focused website, there's an update on what has been going on with uh, the LulzSec folks, or Anonymous. I'm not really sure who's behind this uh, particular one. I think it, I thought it was LulzSec that was uh, on the attack against the Arizona police, the folks out in Maricopa County where it was reported by one of our listeners a few weeks ago, they found a report online that they had essentially uh, cracked into their email server or something like that and pulled up all kinds of documents and emails. Well, I think there's also a second group in that. The I think it was anti-sec or something. There's like low-sec, and then there was like a auxiliary you know, group spurned off of that one. Really? And low-sec <laughs> apparently finished their, their voyage. It was basically a 50-day... Uh, hack sort of deal. Oh, so they've ended that. The, yes. That group is disbanded. Basically, yeah, the group basically dissolved, and then all that was left was I think I, I'm not certain about the name, but I think it was AntiSec, hmm. which is that that hashtag right there, and uh, it's uh, basically continuing, but it's more of a very temporary. It seems just sort of. Uh, you know, it's hard to decide what what its actual goal or purpose is, other than just right. continuing the mayhem <laughs> or whatever. Uh, well, uh, here's the news from Gizmodo. Uh, Kelly Hodgkins reports that Anonymous has struck a third and deadly blow on the Arizona police. This latest grab includes personal information and emails for 1,200 officers, <laughs> oh, including boy. usernames, passwords, email addresses, credit card numbers, oh, my. and more. Some of the emails are ripe with racist remarks about torturing ragheads, crude anti-Obama slurs, and pornography. Other emails discuss the recent hacks in the PR strategy to diffuse public reaction to the revelation of a sex offender in their ranks. Hundreds of private documents from the FOP, that's, I think, Fraternal Order of Police, and mail spools from the upper-level police administration are now in the wild as well. Anonymous is not done. Not yet. They have password lists to email accounts, Hotmail, Gmail, etc., and they have been reading all the emails. This task is way more than they can handle. They're asking the hacking community for help in parsing these email accounts and exposing the secrets contained within. Judging by what they've found so far, we should hear a lot more about the Arizona Police Department <laughs> in the coming weeks. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love this. Yeah, well, I mean, that's trans. Transparency, right? I mean, what what actually goes on behind those those yeah. sheets of paper and and plate glass? I don't think I, you know. I think that people should have privacy, but the when, cops. whenever this t- kind of thing happens, you always get this kind of racist stuff that mm-hmm. comes out. And I, you know, I. 
I don't know what to call it. Is it the kind of personality that would go on to police de- department is kind of team oriented? I mean, I don't. Uh, is it because they deal with ethnic ethnic groups on a regular basis that are breaking the law? I mean, I don't know what it is, but. My experience with uh, police departments, there's always been a strong contingent of bigots. Yep. And I'm sure that's been the experience of people who, well, have, uh, if who you, have different colored skin as well. Yeah, if you consider that the, the police are, you know, they're, they're put in a position where they are the, obviously, the, the tip of the sword for the state and, and enforcing these laws and they the tyranny, blah, blah, blah. So they receive a lot of hate. It's only natural, I think, that they might actually succumb to that that anger uh, towards them, and then you know, reflect it back sure, or, or something. But but otherwise, you know, the whole idea of a bully sort of mentality of uh, this person who goes into the police force so he can continue his reign of power or whatever. Um, Some of them have to be uh, go in for that reason, right? I, well, I think a few, sure. And unfortunately for the good ones, and, and and there might be several or many good ones. Unfortunately for the good ones, uh, the, the the bad cops, so to speak not only taint the entire idea of police force, but the the fact that the good ones can't stand up and maybe prosecute these, these offenders or, you know, carry that, that uh, pursuit of justice to the fullest measure, not just the half measure that they give to the quote-unquote citizens. So I think that's the tragedy right there. You know, um, I, my experience, the, the, the police the law enforcement agency that I had the most experience was with uh, was the the prison guards that I was uh, the the staff canteen operator for. Mm-hmm. I was as close to an employee of the state like them as you could get as an inmate, and it was extraordinarily rare that I ever heard a you know one of the white officers make some comment about you know stop being racist that kind of thing and he only ever and I only well, the one time I can remember it happening he only did it with inmates he didn't do it with staff hmm. and I'll tell you that my experience with the staff was that there were a lot of racists hmm. and even though there were black guards it just there was this sort of different thing going on i I don't even know how to describe it i think you know prison especially is sort of its own sort of biosphere or or socioeconomic sphere however you want to term it but most of them uh, many of them were either former cops current cops um i mean you know they were on forces that you know there were definitely ones that were on forces um elsewhere so would you say in in your opinion that the people who take up these positions of power are more predisposed towards having hateful viewpoints or bigoted uh Mindsets. Well, I think that it's, uh, you know, okay, <laughs> but I will show my bigotry. Um, it, I think that it it kind of infiltrates because of the the area and the the, the socioeconomic strata that they target for hiring. Um, you know, they, they, they get people out in the country that are poor. And mm. that's not, for, for me, for, and from my experience, that's not the best place to get people who have the most enlightened, um, <laughs> you know, worldview, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not trying to be mean or anything. Well, and it then could they, also attract the uh, folks that are more likely to be bigoted because if they are real true bigots and they want to put down, you know, those the colored folk, uh, then joining the police uh, ranks would be a good way to do that, right? I, I, but they couldn't have possibly got in for that reason. It's um, you know, I mean, the the ones, I hope not. They, they but maybe. I don't think so. I really don't because there were plenty of black officers there too. I think they just liked the power, mm. and they happen to be bigots, and that certainly would come through in their jobs in the way that they well, maybe maybe power mongers are more likely to be bigoted. Well, I think they'd be happy to beat anybody, but they'd especially be happy to beat 
a black person, so to speak, or a brown, whatever their thing is, yep. you know. Your thoughts are certainly welcome. 800-259-9231. There's this one fella, I'm not going to name names, maybe I should, I don't know, but um, it was during the O.J. Simpson uh, trial, and his uh, attitude towards, and this was after the trial was over, is the attitude towards uh, Mark Furman and what was the uh, the woman's name? Oh, Marsha Clark? Marcia, yeah. Marsha Clark, not the, not the, the, the prosecutor, the, the victim. Oh, uh, Nicole Goldman, Brown Simpson. Yeah, yeah. And then what was the what, what was Goldman? the other victim? Yeah. Was it Ron Goldman. Rob Goldman. Okay, I've got the names all Ron. wrong. It's been so long. It doesn't uh, matter. <laughs> he said that they deserved to die because, um, well, that she was having sex with an N-word, and that uh, Mr. Goldman then had sex with her after she was contaminated. Oh, oh wow. man. So I mean, you know, this was that was his attitude towards it, and this guy was, uh, you know, moving on up in the ranks. He you know, it's like it, for- it's at that point that I, I feel sorry for that person in a way. Just like your mindset is so small and so closed and and so primitive, I, I just like. You know, you, you clearly are not an enlightened person, and you're clearly not striving for that path. What do you do in that situation other than not associate? I had been in prison for years at this point okay. and dealt with racial violence on, right. on well, these racial threats and racial violence on a on a day to day basis, and that shocked me. Oh wow! I mean, that's a, that was how stunning of a statement it was. The toll free number for you eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Whether you want to talk about uh, the police or bring up anything that might have to be on your mind, you may do so. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Take control of the. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free, bring up what you want, and take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. Once again, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And you can enjoy features like our wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com, W-I-K-I, wiki.freetalklive.com. As we go to your phone calls and your thoughts, let's talk to James listening in New Hampshire. James, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, Hi, Ian. Um, I guess uh, I was on your show a couple weeks ago as the guy on the one-way trip from Florida. And I was just calling, um, I guess people uh, felt I should call and tell you that uh, it's been less than two weeks and now I have a job, so. You're talking about, uh, you're talking about in New Hampshire? Uh-huh. Oh, okay, great. So you're talking about moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project where thousands of like-minded, liberty-oriented people are converging in order to get active to achieve liberty in our lifetime? Uh, yes, and um, I went to Porkfest on a one-way trip and then I... Uh, after Porkfest, I went to Manchester, and now um, I start working tomorrow. I oh, start that's, working that tomorrow. sounds great, man. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, some people uh, would claim that there aren't any jobs, and that's a bunch of nonsense, because those people clearly aren't willing to work anywhere. And so here you are to say, hey, I came up to well, Porkfest, spent a week somewhere. at Porkfest, and then... No, they're not. They're not willing to work... Uh, they're it, not willing to work anywhere, but they're willing to work somewhere. They're willing to work in a place that's not available. How about that? They're not willing to work at any of the jobs that are available. How about that one? Um, And anyway, so you came up to Porkfest for a week and then got... So did you find a job within a week or did you... Is that pretty much it? it, Well, it took me a week and a half. Gotcha. Not too shabby. um, Yep. 
I've I've heard this story over and over again from people who uh, you know have moved to the area and said, yeah, well, you know, I just said I'd take anything, and so I decided to go get a job and went out and worked all day to get jobs and got jobs. I think it would be a good idea to have as much savings as possible for when you make the move to make sure that you've got enough of a cushion that everything is comfortable for you. But as you pointed out, it's not that hard to find a job up here. There are. Uh, you know, the, New Hampshire is the lowest unemployment rate of the entire Northeast. So if you're going to find a job in the Northeast, New Hampshire is probably the best place to find one. Oh, and that, and, um, I got reminded uh, after the uh, Casey Anthony verdict, too, of uh, exactly why I'm glad now I definitely moved up here. It was a good reminder. Why is that? Uh, well, I was sitting there thinking, oh, man, I really need to find work soon. And did I do the right thing? And, uh and then uh, things started, calls started coming in about people wanting to hire me. And then the next thing you know, I hear about the Casey Anthony verdict. And then I sit there and listen to a bunch of the idiots, I mean, people in Florida, uh, sit there and do things like attack, you know, jury trials and that now. And uh, mm. how they have this uh, thing that they believe someone's guilty, you know until proven innocent instead of the other way around. And yeah, it's I it's just, amazing how these high-level uh, cases kind of paint the picture that, uh, you know, the, the jury system is uh, bent towards, uh, you know, finding people innocent. I was listening to one of these uh, dorks on the radio in, in Florida today talking about, our system is the worst system, is a terrible system except for all the rest of them in the world, and it's designed that ten people will go free uh, if one person's put in jail or something, you know, one of these kind of ideas that, that the innocent should be found innocent. But, you know, anybody who looks at the statistics will find that more than 99% of cases are settled before jury trial. And they're also, once you take them to jury trial, uh, more than 66% of felonies are found guilty. So, I mean, that's a... Assuming that the authorities are always right, they must be darn right. 99.66? I mean, they're better than ivory soap. Yeah, my my only issue with the jury trial, I, I do like the idea of someone who's not in the state's sort of payroll deciding things um, more than the person who is in the state's pay- payroll, if, if someone's going to have to decide something. But the, the issue that I have is sort of the instructions they give the juries, at least here in New Hampshire, it's sort of these robotic instructions that basically say you're not supposed to be a human being when you make any decisions with this, uh, you know, this case matter and, and whatnot. Well, and also I heard on... Uh you know, they have this one woman, uh, I won't mention her name, but I'm sure you know who she is on HLN. But um, basically, she's out there trying to get people fired up, I guess. Uh, I guess she wants uh, some, you know, half-cocked person to go out there and take action, I guess, uh, and take justice in their own hands. But uh, at the same oh. time, she's on TV attacking the jury system. And uh, what's amazing is uh, all these people are making comments on there. I mean, I've seen mixed comments. I've actually had heard people actually stand up saying, well, it was actually right what happened. But there are a lot of people out there um, that support them almost doing away with jury trials. Well, I would imagine those same people, you know, I would imagine those same people exist anywhere, (laughs) not just uh, in Florida, but I'm sure folks like that exist in New Hampshire, too. I don't think it's that much. I don't think it's that. I think the news media is amplifying the volume these individuals are making, and that's that's what I think. And I'm sure they could find plenty of people that love the idea of jury trial over a judge or a magistrate deciding things. And but, uh, uh, they're, not they're just not noise. vocal about it because yeah. that's the current situation. Wait, yeah. wait, wait. Okay, so the Casey Anthony trial, whether, um, you know, <laughs> to me it looks like 
there's some really suspicious stuff that went on with this lady. Like, it looks like she killed her kid, and I understand at least what you see in the news. And I don't know everything. I wouldn't claim to know everything. It's not keeping me up at night. But I can understand why people are trying to find solutions. They're just finding terrible solutions. Look, if you had a professional jury... They'd be just as corrupt as the judges. I mean, the, the people are talking about professional jurors. Well, why not? We have them. They're called judges. Um, and we don't need a panel of 12 judges to judge each case. What we need is competition. Competition makes everything better, and competition would make the court system better. If there was you know, some way that we could somehow come up with competing court systems that would have you know, binding arbitration, then you'd see better results period well, James. I, I think these people also should put in mind that um or keep in mind that it, what if they're a defendant one day if they actually find themselves as a defendant one day they're going to realize just exactly how much the system is stacked against them and yeah sure they can't they, they can't put themselves in that uh, most of them can't put themselves in that position if they've never been a defendant then they are of this uh, you know, pie-in-the-sky mindset, uh, Pollyanna, if you will, that, oh, I'm a law-abiding citizen. This could never happen to me. Well, uh, w- now, now, as time goes by, it becomes less and less likely, because as you get older, you're less and less likely to have to deal with the courts. You mean more and more likely? Less, less and less okay. likely. As you get older, you're less and less likely. Now, as the size of the state increases, each individual citizen is more and more likely, but I still think that um, mm. as you get older, it, out, it outstrips, the outpaces the the growth of the state but it's likely that their kids will have to and then that's you know i I think that's often what confuses people but they never know you never know when somebody your kid claims to be not guilty whether or not they really are james thanks for the call tonight appreciate hearing from you and congrats on your move to new hampshire as part of the free state project if you are interested in learning more about the free state project you can go to freestateproject.org to get more details, uh, get the 101 reasons to move to New Hampshire, uh, get stories from others who have made the move, experiences and such. Uh, it's a good uh, a good site, and we all joined the Free State Project here. We That's all right. made the move. Uh, JJ, you moved from Wisconsin. Yep. Mark and myself moved from Florida. And uh, it was probably one of the best decisions I've ever made. Yeah, I'd agree. Toll-free number, 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Coming up. A apparently a set of parents have been turned in by their own kids. Thousands of years ago, from the time of Moses to the time of Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, and beyond, TrustedCoins.com brings you an incredible selection of authentic Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine ancient coins, all certified authentic by world-renowned numismatic expert, Ilya Slobin. Transport yourself to the distant past now at TrustedCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in and bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free. We've got the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo or video showing their listeners of the program. Shrine.freetalklive.com. We'll get you there. Shrine.freetalklive.com. 
And you also need to know that, uh, let's see here, the uh, Vapor Station, Mark's uh, one of our sponsors. Tell me about it. Yeah, it's, as a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes feed the very beast that's stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, no smoke. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale water vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Use coupon code FTL for an additional 5% off at VaporStation.com. Toll-free number again, 800-259-9231. And we continue with you and your thoughts. Benji is listening in Georgia. And Benji, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes, sir. How are you guys? Yes, sir. How you guys doing? Hey, doing, doing well. Good. Benji, it says here you're an XM listener. Uh, yes, sir. I get you uh, on delay. You're at 9 o'clock Eastern to 12. Ah, uh, very sharp. So you're calling in early so you can hear yourself later on. Very sharp. Smart. Go ahead, sir. Well, no, I called in because as I was listening to your program last night, I was driving through South Carolina. I'm a truck driver out of Macon, Georgia. I was delivering to Columbia, South Carolina. I was driving up Interstate 20, and uh, I come up on a slow vehicle in just a cruising lane. So I put my blinker on, looked in my mirror, nobody around. I passed a slow vehicle. You know, my truck only goes 62 miles an hour. I'm a truck driver. Mm-hmm. So he must be going pretty slow. Yeah, I was going slow. The, the vehicle I was passing was probably going about 55, you know, gotcha. the older vehicle. So I, I get over there safely, like I always do. I've been driving 15 years. And all of a sudden, I notice somebody flying up my rear. I see headlights everywhere, you know. And all of a sudden, here come the blue lights. I'm like, oh, boy. Hey, what did I do? So I cleared the uh, station wagon, got back over in the slow lane, Pulled off onto the, to the shoulder and uh, gave the, the policeman the ample, ample room, you know. So, because, you know, I'm very conscious of police. I got an uncle on the force. So, I get over. He, he proceeds to come around. He gets out of his patrol car, proceeds to come around the right side of my truck. You know, I'm, I'm looking at my wallet trying to get my license out because I know what's coming. And in my mind, I'm thinking, he just pulled me over because he's mad because he was going too fast and I jumped in his way, you know. That's what it sounds like. Mm. Yes, sir. He rips my door open. He didn't knock on the door. He didn't, pre- you know, present himself. Now, he's he's, he's on the passenger side? Yes, sir. He come around the passenger side where it's completely dark over there. Mm-hmm. He rips my door open. I, I, look at, I look at him like, what? He jumps up on my steps of my, my truck, puts his body in my cab, and says, what are you doing? <laughs> I looked at him. I was, I was so taken aback by this i was like i just chuckled at him you know i couldn't i couldn't understand what is yeah, happening i'm gonna ask you the same wow. question there officer <laughs> that is crazy <laughs> and he goes you know let me see your license and uh, registration and i said well what did i do present your license and registration please sir now, is this a state I, a state trooper or is this a local cop no this is a state trooper okay from from South Carolina. Got it. I was at exit 33. I mean, uh, I still got the... He gave me a warning at the end of the thing. Hmm. But anyway, I was so shocked. I started laughing, you know, because, you know, I wanted... At that point, I said, okay, I've been listening to Free Talk for, for about a month now. I found you guys for about a month. And I started watching Cop Block stuff on the Internet. <laughs> you know? Your mind will be broken soon. <laughs> so I said, all right. Civil disobedience time. Let's go. But then I thought, I got three mouths to feed. Yep. I can get mm. fired. 
Sure. So I kowtow to the tyranny. I pass it off as a chuckle. You know, he started to get, you know, he he wanted to confrontate. Oh, yeah, he wanted some trouble. (laughs) This guy was a 20, he couldn't have been 25 years old. He was young. Yep. But, like, he was so crisp and clean, looked like a picture off a brochure of a state trooper magazine, you know. (laughs) All they have to do is cut their hair, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Wear some sunglasses and have a short uh, short haircut. Hey, man, there's a a time that's right for everybody to say no. And when you're in the middle of a career and, like you said, you've got mouths to feed, that may not be the right time. But uh, maybe when the kids are grown up and and you're retired, then uh, things will be a little bit different. Um, but I don't blame you for, for going along to get along. Just as well, if you're going to do civil disobedience, you you really ought to record it in some manner, or at least uh, you know have a witness, obviously, but sure. recording it is the, uh, the standby there. I, did you have anything ready to do that or the capability? No, sir. I got a crappy phone. I don't even know how to operate the camera on it, let alone a video portion. We yeah. have three. I have three camcorders, the nice Sony handheld flip-out deals. I told myself, put it in your bag, you know, because I travel with the bag. I, mm-hmm. I told myself, I need to put this in my bag whenever this arrives. You know, I've never been, I've probably been stopped by police in three years, I mean, three times out of my life. So. Wow. As, as yeah, a professional I mean, driver, that's pretty good. Yeah, it is, actually. Because uh, they like to pick on you guys. I mean, the the state cops and the DOT, uh, they love picking on drivers because they know well, that I you mean, guys we go, are... Yeah, I understand what you're saying. We go to the chicken houses, the scale houses and stuff. Right, but I've never been. I guess I've been lucky in a sense. I don't know. I've just been Mister Law-abiding citizen. You know, I I, I look the parts. You know, I clean cuts and I I, I try to because whenever I pass the police, I straighten up. I, I you know I yeah. make sure I'm in the right position. And I, I want to make them think that I'm very attentive and you know. Well, you know, I think it's good. I think it's good news that people are out there, even in roles like, such as yours, where you do have these responsibilities, that you're thinking about saying no. I think the fact that people out there are just thinking, considering, you know, they're watching Cop Block, they're listening to Free Talk Live, they're thinking about disobedience, and if that's a mindset that fosters on into the future, again, as those opportunities, as life changes for you, uh, you know, you, you, who knows? You may be the next Julian Heichlin when you uh, when you retire, start driving truck everywhere and uh, getting in the police's hair. Another thing you should consider is the uh, it's the GPS black black box dash cam. This is a camera that records everything that's going on in front of your truck, in your truck, and that's so uh, everything that would have been said and done would have been recorded. That's and a great idea. It for looks like a little driver. little. It's just a gizmo sitting up on your windshield, so it kind of looks like a fuzzbuster. You can get one at freedomcam.net. I've got one in my car. Ian, you've got one in your car. Yeah, they're nice. And it's you know it it just to know that if you ever have a circumstance where you're dealing with somebody who's lost their freaking mind and has a badge, at least you'll be able to say, oh, no, that officer's lying. And you'll be able to have proof. Of course, you would also need to be aware of whatever recording statutes uh, are out there to make sure that you're careful about yourself. You'd have to, you'd have to get sign the window. Of, right. You'd have to get into the habit of telling any officer that approached you that, uh, that he may be being recorded. 
Uh, otherwise, you may end up with a felony charge. So the Freedom Cam, in some cases, could end up getting you... You know, If you're not smart with the Freedom Cam, uh, the Freedom Cam could put you in more jeopardy by recording a scene it's certainly uh, happening, that uh, might you know, have been illegal. Currently, I'd, I'd, I'd prefer to take my chances and have the video. Yeah. Hey, uh, thanks for the call tonight, Bruce. I really uh, appreciate your Benji, rather. I apologize. Uh, Benji, thank you. I appreciate the uh, the call at 800-259-9231. I think it's, I think it's useful. In fact, I just wrote... Uh, I just wrote a piece over at freekeen.com about how there was an incident at uh, the courthouse like a week or so ago, a week and a half, two weeks ago, where a man was arrested for wearing a hat. And then shortly after that, people were ejected from the courtroom uh, after the man in the robe said to them, I'm going to ask you to leave or something like that. He, he used the term ask before he suggested that people leave. He never said, you all have to leave. You need to leave. No, no, I'm asking you. I'm going to ask you to leave and then I'll come back and finish the, the hearing was basically what he said. And folks, unfortunately, obediently got up and left. And I wrote this article at Free Keen. I didn't want to be too harsh because I understand why people left. Nobody wants to get arrested. Nobody wants to, to go to jail. I don't. I mean, most people don't. And I don't blame people who don't want to. But my point was that if people had stuck together and actually stayed in that room, it would have been very unlikely that anything would have happened. Or it certainly would have been unlikely, I think, that all of the dozen folks who left would have been arrested. Uh, because I wasn't arrested, and I stayed in that room, and I was on two different bases. You already know that you can support Free Talk Live and the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund by starting your Amazon or New Egg shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. But did you know that you can also spend bitcoins at Amazon or New Egg? That's right. Start your Amazon or New Egg shopping at spendbitcoins.com, and you can buy just about anything with bitcoins. So if you're using fiat currency, start all your shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. But when you want to spend bitcoins, start all your bitcoin shopping at spendbitcoins.com. That's spendbitcoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. The number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those. Once again, freetalklive.com. If you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, then shop with us. Go to shop.freetalklive.com. You'll find links to Amazon there, uh, links to U.S. Amazon, Canadian Amazon, U.K., Germany. Click on the right one for you and get your shopping done, because when you do that, Free Talk Live will get a portion of the purchase price so it's amazon basically sending us a chunk of their profits for sending them the business you're going to do your shopping online anyway you're probably going to look at amazon uh you know they've got great prices free super safer shipping on a lot of their brand new items they even sell used items as well so go and get your shopping done at shop.freetalklive.com makes a big difference for us when you do so that's shop.freetalklive.com we continue with your phone calls here in a moment but uh, real quick just a little bit more about what i was saying before we uh, had to go to break there the uh, freekeen.com when you go to freekeen.com the story there that i posted about Bo being arrested for wearing a hat in court is not just about Bo's arrest for wearing the hat but what happened afterward during his hearing because they arrested him for wearing the hat they then took him out of the court in the wheelchair because he wouldn't walk correct and then they finished up two trials so they did two you know they did some other stuff then they bring Bo back in for his right of so-called right of elocution hearing where you're if you're charged with contempt of court you're able to speak in front of the man in the robe before he sentences right. you 
And, uh, not, of course, he's already made up his mind. Right, of course. I mean, he's, he's already got you in handcuffs. Right. Uh, so Bo goes up in front of him, and there's something absurd that, uh, that Burke, the man in the robe, says, and the crowd chuckles. Some people in the crowd right. chuckle about it. They Some, laugh. I believe that what he said, uh, I'm not going to get this quote exactly right, but uh, you have attacked the, uh, the, the, the dignity. dignity of this court. Yeah. And everybody laughs. laughs. Yeah. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people. Enough people laugh to uh, make the man in the robe pay attention. He uh, perks up, looks up, and he One says... One more outpost like that, and I'll clear the courtroom. No, I don't think he said that. I think that uh, he he basically went right to, you need to leave. Uh, except he didn't say need to. He said, I'm asking everyone to leave and so I can finish the trial, basically, is what he said. I'm paraphrasing, but... He was essentially saying that he was going to get up and leave, and he 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 was asking the audience to leave, and everybody got up and left. Now, some people did it faster than others, like Pete from LibertyOnTour.com kind of stuck around for a while and took everybody's name from all the bureaucrats and asked them questions, and he was the last guy to uh, to end up leaving the, the courtroom that, that that day. I tried pointing out to everybody, hey, wait, he just told you, he just asked you to leave. And, of course, the bailiffs, they don't understand. The bailiffs, they figured that was an order, so the bailiffs treated it like an order, and they started, you know, kind of ushering everybody out. You need to leave. You need to leave. Well, no, no, no. No, he didn't say you need to leave. He didn't demand that everybody leave. He didn't order everybody to leave. He just asked everyone to leave. And so I suggested that folks should stay as a result of that. Unfortunately, nobody really listened to my suggestion. Now, Jason Talley and I did stay. Jason Talley had a video camera. I had a video camera as well. And uh, they were really in our face trying to get us to leave. There's you know, several minutes uh, in the courtroom where the sheriffs and the, the bailiffs are attempting to get Tally and I to leave this courtroom. And we stuck it out. And I think it was uh, it was worth it because we, we stayed and we got footage of the hearing after that. The man in the robe came back in, didn't say word one to us about uh, about still being there. He went on, on ahead with the hearing and everybody else was outside uh, of the court, uh, the courtroom at that point. So, if you think about it from the perspective of the audience, he didn't specifically target anybody to tell them to leave. He just asked everyone to leave. If he had wanted one person in specific to leave, he could have ordered that person to leave. Look, look, if you don't leave, you're getting charged with contempt of court. That's what he did with Bo, the guy with the hat. He said, I'm going to leave this courtroom, and if I come back and you still have that hat on, you'll be charged with contempt. He, na- he made no such threat to the, uh, the full audience. He simply asked them to leave. So, unless he's, he's threatening you specifically, there's not much that he can do. He doesn't know who laughed and who didn't. And if he did know who laughed, then he could single that person out and have them kicked out. But... He didn't do that. In fact, I think he was trying to flex his power. He wanted to see how many people he could get to leave with some, you know, a little trick like that. Well, in the past, he'd just move it to the back room, wouldn't he? Instead of having clearing the audience in the past, they have just moved the whatever sort of uh, misjustice is going on there to that back star chamber. Yeah, but he can turn on the camera back there, yeah. and then the audience can still see what's going on in the star chamber. So it was a, I, think, I think it was a really sly move on his part to, to essentially have his bailiffs misinterpret his actual statement and use their intimidation tactics uh, and the fear of arrest to get people to leave. But I, I tried as gently as possible to communicate the idea of we just need more people to refuse to obey. Maybe that's not your role, and that's fine. I'm not saying everybody needs to be like Jason Talley or Pete Ayer or myself, but 
I think that we do need more people who are go- willing to go all the way. And as we get more people in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, this problem will solve itself. Because if you can imagine for a moment, instead of having a dozen people in a courtroom where most of the dozen leave when they're asked to, you got a hundred people in the courtroom where only half of them leave, and then you still got fifty of them left. Well, also uh, that would be quite a situation for them. People need to uh, figure out the tricks as time goes by. Um, you know, I mean, if this was a trick, and I, I didn't, I don't remember what was said. I just it sounded to me like get out of here. So well, that's what the bailiff said. You um, need to leave, and, and I did. And the but you know my so if if I'm listen next time I'll be listening for that and if mm-hmm. well he just asked right well also I think that a lot of the people that probably left I I wasn't anywhere you know I showed up late to all this stuff myself but um, maybe they were worried about the jobs a lot of people like you know, Tally you named yourself Tally and and Pete you know three people who who don't have a job that right. they can lose by by getting arrested so. Um, I think if we can get more people working in some sort of, you know, maybe Agora fashion or something else, or, or being able to back them up if they did get mm-hmm. thrown into jail, I think if there was a insurance or a safety net there, maybe people would be more willing to take the risk. Well, what I was, this is what I was saying to the uh, gentleman, Benji, who was on the line earlier, where he was in his cab of his truck and he got the idea, the notion that he should be disobedient uh, to this police officer. And then he realized that, wait a minute, no, I've got a family to get home <laughs> be to Be careful tonight. about that now. <laughs> and uh, so it's like I say, not everybody, it's not time. Everybody's got their right time. And I made this point in the article and I, I hope it didn't come off as scathing. I didn't want to, I, would, I didn't want to come off like, well, you need to do exactly as I do. No, 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 I don't think that's the case. I think everybody has uh, their role and I just want to see more people here so we can have a larger pool of people from which we can have more Pete Ayers and more Jason Tallies. Because in a situation where a dozen people were to simply just, well, I'm not going anywhere. This is a public trial, and uh, you don't know who laughed, and so therefore I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to keep watching this trial. It would have completely changed the situation. Those guys would have been neutered. I mean, because they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have known what to do. Yep. Those, those men would not have had, they never had the orders to arrest anybody. So it's unlikely that anybody would have gotten arrested. Of course, they can do whatever they want, so you never know what's really going to happen. But having people stay firm and stay, you know, kind of solidarity between them really kind of changes the game. For instance, there was the uh, the Trespass of 12 incident last year where a dozen of us were arrested outside the jail. They had to muster their entire for- – the entire scheme police force. They had to muster the state police. They had yeah, to they bring got- out the local other cops from the surrounding, surrounding towns. towns and they stuff, had to bring yeah. out jail guards. They brought out 13 cops to deal with our uh, 12 activists. But it was only moments before that there were 40 or 50 people there. When the 40 or 50 people heard that the cops were on their way, about 30 of them took off. And again, that was when I first asked myself, boy, what would have happened if those 30 people had just stayed here? Would anyone have ended up being arrested? I don't know. It does make well, me wonder. If you look at the Manchester situation where they were arresting people. You know, they basically gave the command, rest everybody. And so they started grabbing individuals, you know, one per officer or something to that effect. I think that's probably the situation. You'll see. Well, they'll just take what they can handle, and then the rest, you know. In some that, cases. That may be true, but we... Uh, it's hard to say. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's an interesting question, and I I, I appreciate anybody's anybody who's active. Period. And like I said, I think it's it's valuable to have people just thinking about disobedience. It's just, you know the fact that it crosses your mind is better than it not, right? 
So over time, I think this will change. We've certainly got more people here now than we've ever had before. And more people means more people willing right. to take small risks. And if, so. if you're upset with the size, the invasiveness, the intrusiveness, and the, uh, you know, the, just the petty power hungriness of the government and, its, and, it, and the people that are in, that populated, because there's really no government, it's just a gang of people. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're upset with that, don't think that it's going to stop because you're continuing to do what they say. Like, I don't like what the government's going to do, but I'll continue to do what they say and bitch about it and vote, well, the same as I've been voting all along. Mm. Uh, you know, I mean, this, this seems to be what people's reaction is, is, well, we just have to have better Democrats or we just no. have to have better Republicans. No, at some point you have to say no. Now, whenever that time, I don't know when that time is going to be for you, but at some point you have to say no. If you want things to change... Otherwise, you're just going to go along to get along for the rest of your life. And how's that going to feel? What's that going to be like for your kids, too? What what kind of future will that create for them? 1-800-259-9231. Hour number two is next. You take control. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. Or visit porcupinerealtor.com. That's porcupinerealtor.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free, bring up anything you want at 800-259-9231 as we launch here into the second hour of the program. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on our site for free. Unlike those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their websites. Ours on the house. Enjoy at freetalklive.com. We go to your phone calls, your thoughts. Dana is in Texas. Dana, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, JJ, and Mark. Hello, Hi, Dana. Hi, I, have, I haven't talked to you guys in a while. How have you been? Just super, Dana. What's on your mind tonight? Oh, well, I have a couple of subjects that I'd like to throw out there if you'd let me sure. kind of say what's on my mind and then you comment. Can we do that? Go right ahead. We'll do our best. Okay. The first one is Social Security. Um that is my main source of income, and I have a problem with this fiduciary position that these guys in Congress are talking about cutting Social Security. That's my money. That's your money. That's everybody that's ever paid into that. And I think they need to leave it alone because if they go messing with it, they'll be breaking a law regarding a fiduciary position. Oh, they and don't break any some... laws. It's, it's, it, they're oh, completely yeah, right. <laughs> They're yeah, completely but... immune from breaking laws. Now, Dana, isn't isn't there a proposal to raise the the age limit, not to lower yeah. your benefits? No, well, that's one of them, but they keep missing with the dollars. Haven't they already miss cut the Social Security dollars? And you know, Reagan set up a trust fund specifically in the eighties to stop this crap. Because if you went back and looked at all the money they've shifted out of Social Security since the nineteen forties to pay bills. Us baby boomers would have a wealth of money in that well, yeah. city. It, it, haven't they already you know, messed with the fund as it is? I mean, you, you're asking... Oh, yeah. Reagan so, didn't stop it. They still mess with it. You know, and they need... If, if they do, I'm going to watch every representative and senator and see how they vote. And I hope I can shake the bushes hard enough to get a class action suit started 
for everybody enjoying it because that is a fiduciary position. Boy, it's, Dana, I wish I didn't have to be, you know bring the uh, bring you bad news, but I, I feel like it's my obligation here, considering that. Uh, first of all, you're not going to, I don't think, likely have a chance. I'm not going to say don't do it. If you can find an attorney who can take the case, then, then go for it. But I doubt very many of them will because the government has no obligation. See, that's the thing that, you don't, that you're missing. Is they re- the, no, they require us to have that taken out of our check. That's right. That's right. So but they have no obligation to give that, it back they, to you. Yes, they do. No, they don't. It, 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 no, it, it's like... I'm sorry, Dana. The government people have ruled over and over again, their own Supreme Court, that they have no obligation to provide you with any kind of service whatsoever. If the government changes the rules while you're in midstream, while you're in the midst of a program of some sort, it does not matter. They have the uh, the ability to change the rules. They have the power to change the well, rules. Well, not only that, they've but they've granted themselves They've set precedents by already changing the rules and already screwing with the uh, the Social Security Fund. So right. as far as that's concerned, you take, take that to court and they'll say, well, we've been doing it for years and you're just now saying something? It's like there's really not much you can do about that situation. As far as I'm concerned, the federal government is a failed experiment. You would change the face of America if you could do something about it, though, Dana. Dana, unfortunately, uh, something happened. Her call disconnected there. Uh-huh. Uh, sorry, about, sorry to hear about that, but uh, it is... It is impossible to uh, keep these people accountable. It is impossible to hold them liable for breaking their agreements. I mean, just talk to any uh, any military man who ended up being held with a stop loss. You know, you thought you were going to go home, and then they told you, "Ah, oh, we need you for six more months." No, it's just talk talk to anybody who's worked for the government for uh, or del- done business with the government for any period of time. When they feel like changing the rules, they change them, and there's nothing you can do about it. How about it? those government bureaucrats that they were raiding their pension funds? Yeah, just recently, in the last uh, month or so. Right. I mean, they're not even taking care of their own people. No, they're not, and it's it's stunning. How do you but think it, they're going to take care of you if they don't <laughs> take care of their own people? If you think the government has a responsibility, think about it this way. The government has set up a security agency, or many security agencies. They call them police. Police are there to protect you from violence and theft and a variety of other reasons. But, you know, that's the main idea that most people are concerned with. If your house gets burglarized or if your wife gets killed, do the police compensate you? Do they make good mm-hmm. on their failure to protect you? No, there was no agreement in the first place. The Supreme Court has ruled over and over again in cases where the police egregiously ignore 911 calls, where they don't show up, where people uh, you are know, being some, murdered or yeah, raped. Some, some women are being raped over the course of 28 hours, and they, they received multiple telephone calls, and they didn't show up. And the Supreme Court said they have no obligation to protect you. Yeah. The government has no obligation. Yep. Because they said they should. You should definitely not, uh, you know, hold your breath as far as as federal government sort of correcting itself or, or anything to that extent. I think the best thing that you can do is weather the storm and try to make change locally wherever you are. Right. Now, Dana's, uh, she's, we've, we've heard from her in the past and she's retired, as I understand mm-hmm. it. She's collecting a lot Social of trouble Security. as far as, uh, Right, the financial money, stuff. The money that they're sending her isn't getting the bills paid. It's not. It's not paying for all of her medications. And apparently, they've been lowering it, and it has something to do with her health care too. Well, plus, even if they never lower it, as long as, as long as they're inflating the money supply, if your yep. payment stays re- relatively stagnant or slightly Just increases, take a look at grocery uh, prices. Right, you you end up behind the ball because your your cost of living is increasing, and so therefore your standard of living is going down over time, and so. 
it is horrible what the government the government folks have done over the years. They've gotten a, they've gotten generations of people addicted to government handouts, believing that the government's going to be there for them when they're in their time of need, and then the rug gets pulled out from under them. Well, I think it, it, obviously it starts with the public schools. I think being in in the government sort of mindset or not even mindset just in the government control area it's so you get used to dealing with the government and the government taking care of you literally as a young child then growing up into your teenage years and you're still in this sort of indoctrination camp and you get out it's like well where's the government guess what they ain't there they aren't there for you right and you're not going to be able to hold them liable in their own court system it's just not going to work please prove me wrong I mean, I want to be proven wrong. I want Dana to find a lawyer who's going to be able to take on the federal government and, you know, really stick it to them and make it so they can't screw these poor poor people over that are getting the Social Security payments that are you know, worried about whatever it is that whatever changes might be coming down the pipe. I, I would love to see somebody have success there, but I, I, I'm sorry. I just don't think that's possible. Yeah, I, I, you know, when you go trying to make the government responsible for stuff, I mean, this is an organization right. that gets to decide whether or not is responsible. They get to decide whether or not they pay you. Just as a, as a more local example, I was assaulted by uh, a man who works for the sheriff's department last week in front of multiple witnesses and on video camera. And I went and I filed a complaint with his sheriff's department, an internal uh, complaint. They said they'd get back to me. I haven't heard back from them. So I went to Keene Police. I happened to be at the Keene Police today, and I asked them about, you know, how, what's the process of complaining against somebody from the Sheriff's Department? And they claimed they couldn't take that complaint, that I have to go through the Sheriff's Department. Now, the Keene Police should be investigating any kind of assaults that go on Absolutely. within their jurisdiction. <laughs> but, uh, nope, they're just not, they're not willing to we take We just the don't take assaults that involve police right, officers. you have to use the administrative process. Oh, I'm process. sorry, involve police officers being the assaulter. All right, you have to use our administrative process, which is means go over there, we don't want to deal uh, with this. Exactly. And if you talk to lawyers, and I talked to a lawyer about it as well, and I haven't talked to 50 lawyers, I talked to one, uh, and I said, look, you know, what do you think about this? I mean, we've got this guy on tape, he assaulted me, that's like, no doubt, clean and cut, easy. He assaulted me. Grabbed my arm, tempted to push me out of the courtroom. And basically, his response was, yeah, you pretty much can't touch those guys. I mean, you can't touch a local yokel bailiff. You think you can touch the Social Security Administration? <laughs> I, sorry. I, I, yeah. I'm sorry, it's Dan. Sad. It's sad. To everybody out there. I'm sorry for anybody who believes this. that this organization, this monopoly organization to which we have all put our hands over our hearts and pledged our allegiance was somehow good, pure, just, and forthright. Like, we imagined that it was, and it's not. Now, maybe it's better than other organizations with which it, has, it competes, but I don't know how much better... Yeah, well, it is probably better here than in, uh, say, some you know, north, I guess, yeah, some Middle Eastern than country. Congo. Right, yeah. Congo. Well, even still, you know, the legislature and pretty much everyone involved with any sort of control power are a bunch of hustlers and con men. Mm -hmm. And you have to see them for what they are. You have to deal with them from that playing field in order to make the right decisions. Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. The right decision in the case of Social Security is to not rely on it. Uh, and if you can, stop paying into it. S just stop it. If you can stop paying into it, then take that money and put that in your own... 
As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231 is the number for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there for free. Uh, Once again, that's freetalklive.com, and the features you'll find there include news updates. You can get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to news.freetalklive.com and get on our email updates list or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. That's news dot free talk live dot com and if you're listening to radio or even uh, cable television you're hearing a lot about buying gold and in some cases buying silver i think this is a good idea i think that they're not going to stop printing dollar bills and that means that gold and silver is positioned to move upwards i've seen uh, you know <laughs> people re- guessing that uh, silver is going to hit sixty dollars by october i don't know that's just what some people that call themselves experts believe. But um, I, I'm continuing to, to get this kind of stuff for myself, gold and silver, and I recommend that you do the same just because it seems like a good idea to me. You can go to gold.freetalklive.com. I've got uh, many hand-picked coins there from which to choose. Gold.freetalklive.com. If you don't want to buy on the website, you can uh, use the telephone number they have there right at gold.freetalklive.com. Toll-free number 800-259-9231 as we continue here. We'll take your phone calls about what you want. Dave, listening to uh, one of our newest affiliates, WGGH, uh, Monster Radio in Marion, Illinois. Hello, Dave. Yeah, how you doing? Hey, welcome, sir. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I heard you guys talking about police officers, and one thing that kind of bothered me, you were talking about how they could be bigots and being racist. The only reason why they get into being a police officer is for the power of racism and everything which I don't know if that's basically the way you said it, but to me, I don't see that happening. A lot of officers are very good officers. And before I had a, I was also the same way. You know, I was a little uh, thrown off by other colors and other races and everything else, but you know what? I never in my right mind would get into a profession based on racism, you know? Well, I, I think that I, I, I was saying that I think that people that get into the profession, some of them that get in are, are racist. And I think that they get in the profession to have power. Would you say that some they people have power, get in? power, yes, I understand. Do, do you think that some people get in to be cops in order to have power? Yeah, I do feel that there is some police officers that do get into the position for uh, Are you uh, a police officer? Power. Yes, actually, I am. Well, yes, uh, yeah, the, the only thing that I was thinking about that, that idea was just the mindset of a, a person who is a racist person or a bigoted sort of mindset. Uh, they, they sort of have this quest for domination over the, 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 you know, whatever group that they don't like, whether, you know, skin color or, or the religion or ethnicity or whatever it is. You know, they, they want to be in a position to exert that hate that they have, I think. Um, and so... 
you know, obviously the police force is one area. Then there's managerial positions in certain places. You know, maybe it's the uh, the bank manager who always turns down anyone who comes in for a loan that that has that's you know. Right, I mean, but you could say that about any profession. Sure. Yeah. You know, there's right. Any profession. I mean, you're kind of. That's why I was a little but thrown off to... by saying just police officers being bigots and they do it only for the racist no, part. No. No, I, I, I posited that, that that might be a possibility for some individuals, but I think that the police officer, that sort of position, offers you perhaps the most power per minute of career choice, if you will. I now, mean, basically, that's with anything you do in life, you know? I mean, basically, I mean, with any profession, there's going to be that. There's going to be some officers that, or any profession, that people that are racist. But when we go to work every day, we put on... What we're supposed to we put that uniform on to be proud and to serve our people, you know, no matter what color, no matter what race. And if they're in in the profession as a police officer, that's what they should be there for. Well, I understand. I think some do that, Dave. I, I I do believe that some do that. But I, you know, why do you think it is that it it seems like I I never see leaks in the news about other professions being uh, racist, but I do see this when it comes to police department. We just saw it here with the Lulsec um, email leak in the Arizona yeah. Police Department. We certainly saw it with the uh, the Mark Furman uh, case with uh, with uh, O.J. Simpson, where they were talking about gorilla. It looks like gorillas in the Missed out here, yeah. and you've certainly so you seen it if you're black too, in the south. We're in the public eye, twenty four seven. You know, when you put well, the uniform on, you're in the public eye, no matter what. That's and a that's lot of times true. We have to give over our disclosure as far as when someone gets arrested or somebody else does something. It's in the public eye. It's public interest. It's public everything, and I think it, it shows sometimes. It makes cops be out the bad people, you know. We're just well, the, 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 bar, the problem is racism is bad across the board, and bigotry is bad across the board, but it's worse when somebody has the ability to put you in a jail cell or possibly hurt you and get away with it. Because the police, when they hurt people and put innocent people into jail cells, they usually get away with it almost every single time. And that's uh, the problem with our justice system, but all we do as police officers is follow what our protocols are and doing the right thing. Well, but That's lots of times you do. as police officers are doing the wrong thing as far as what your protocols are. Your protocols in many cases uh, demand that you put peaceful people behind bars. And in many cases that gives police who are bigoted the reason to target certain people because of their skin color. For instance, believing yeah. that maybe black people or uh, Hispanics would be more likely to say have drugs on them, which of course completely fallacious. Yeah. Uh, but It's hard uh, to plant a murder weapon. It's pretty easy to plant a bag of pot. But my point being yeah. that if you're, if you're a racist running the ticket counter at the local movie theater and you don't let some, you know, black kids in to see a movie, that's not quite as bad of a situation as taking the black, well, now, you know, now, the black now, kids now, and putting them in a cage place. or beating them alongside of the road. Well, now you're putting in two different things, though. I mean, you're saying one's better or worse than the other. Well, I think I, I think I have a way to explain it. You understand what I mean? It could be either way. I mean, we just have to follow our laws and everything else, just like everybody else. We're regular citizens. But I will say, yeah, there is officers that do go for the power thing. As far as the racism thing, I mean, you know, what are we supposed to do? You know, when the world, the way it's coming right now, it's hard to overlook that, you know, especially when you're doing your job. You I think I think one thing that needs to be said are. that's different from say the police officer in his public role and any other profession is the competition aspect whereas yeah. someone who's working at a big name hotel who's racist will give that hotel a bad name and someone can just go and spend their money at a different hotel mm-hmm. you know or, or, or a restaurant right, that's racist d- was was racist towards uh, black people or whatever right people will just go to Burger King or somewhere else but when I the just police want to say there's a lot of cops that are very good people 
Well, well, yeah, well, there's no just, doubt. Just that, but the ones who are bad are completely unaccountable. Yeah, you oh, can't go to a different. You, you can't go to a different police else. force. You can't yeah, go to a different is, justice system. You have to deal with just yeah. this one, and that is the issue. Right. You work well, for a monopoly, and I understand that, Dave, you try to do as well, as much as you can within the confines of the system, but the, the system does encourage certain things, and it does encourage people in search of power over others to seek it, and they find it, and they're able to wield it, and they're able to get away with it. If they happen to be racist, it's just an, you know, an added uh, negative. I mean, whether they're racist or not, as I, as I pointed out, the cops are doing wrong on a regular basis. Yeah, I just feel that police officers are doing the best they can in some instances, and they get the bad rap for it, you know, and they kind of... Dave, thanks for the... Hey, I want to thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. Don't hesitate to call us back in the future. Uh, it's, always, it's always interesting to hear from people uh, behind the badge, so to speak, so thank you again. Yeah, and he, was, he seemed very reasonable. Yeah, and I don't blame him for, for holding this position. I mean, he works with these people. They are for, probably, for the most part, they get along with one another. I'm sure there are internal spats uh, from time to time. Uh, but they're, you know, these are people he hangs out with, he sure. parties with. Well, he has a sort of kinship with. Right, he's connected with them. He probably knows some of their families. And, of course, they seem like good folks. And I think a lot of cops are good folks. It's just the problem is when good people do bad. And thinking they're doing good at the same time. They think they're doing good, but they're actually doing bad. They're actually harming peaceful people. And that leads to... Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. We've got live streams. You can listen to them anytime you like. Listen.freetalklive.com. We'll get you there. You can uh, tune in broadband or dial-up streams, and they are around the clock, available to you. The latest episode of Free Talk Live, always there for you, and always free, of course, at listen.freetalklive.com. Plus, you can get details on our 108 great radio stations around the country that take Free Talk Live at various points throughout the week. Uh, Getting ready to announce another one uh, very, very soon in JJ's home state of Wisconsin, which is going to be a big, it's going to be a pretty big deal, I, I think. Uh, as well as our satellite listening options, uh, two XM channels, our KU band, uh, free-to-air channel, the webcam, the listen lines that allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance and listen that way. Go to listen.freetalklive.com to get tuned in. Let's go to ladies first. Ingrid, listening in Maryland. Ingrid, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, can you hear me? Hey, hey. Yeah. What's on your mind tonight? Hey, um, I'm just calling in about like a local incident that happened near where I live. Okay. Um, well, we have like a lot of speed cameras here, and sometimes they get vandalized. But um, this store is kind of interesting, I think. Speed so cameras, you not, said? Speed cameras. Yeah, yeah. But um, this was a speed enforcement jeep. So this um, guy, who they said was in his fifties or sixties, um, came out of the woods with a hammer, and then he smashed the speed camera jeep, and then he went back into the woods. But what was really interesting was the police response to it. The police, they brought up their SWAT teams, the police dogs, and even had three helicopters, and then they closed down this 
major highway, um, the Baltimore Walk, Washington Parkway, for over three hours trying to look for this guy. <laughs> and the crazy thing is in Maryland, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this too much with our state, but we have a ton of violent crime here. Mm-hmm. And they don't even do that when people get murdered. Like we had someone get killed like at the 4th of July celebration. Good point. They didn't bring wow. out any helicopters. So but was somebody actually in the speed Jeep? You said this like a Jeep uh, that this guy came out and smashed up. Was somebody in it at that time? Yeah, the um, contractor who like drives around trying to catch people like speed right. in. So not an actual cop. They've got to hire. They've got somebody that they bring in to just shoot radar at people. Yeah, and it's amazing. They hire the police. They hire these police to, uh, and then, then you know, make money off of them writing tickets. And now they're finding a, a way to sort of contract this out and make even larger margins. But you're saying they shut down an entire swath of uh, of this, this interstate? Yeah, they shut down all the lanes of the Baltimore Washington Parkway um, for over three hours, and then they also blocked um, traffic like coming. And this is right near the airport, so like some of the workers who wanted to go to their airport job, they wouldn't let them go work. And what were they doing at that time? I mean, were they just like running dogs through the woods or something, trying to find this guy? Yeah, they have police dogs, um, Mm -hmm. three three helicopters, and then you know they're searching and. Like, they still don't have any leads, and then they had a press conference, like, later, like, begging for tips to try to find this guy. And, like I said, you know, they don't even spend that much time looking for people. So you had a, a murder on July 4th that, that recently happened, and they didn't, they didn't have nearly this sort of response at all? Is that, is that what you said? Yeah, like, there was, like, a ton of, like, murders here, and there was just one, the 4th of July celebration, and, you know, they didn't have any helicopters, you know, they didn't right. do all that time for the guys. So, so, so you so can who do kill you think... somebody, and nobody really, the cops don't really care that much, but if you smash up one of their speed vehicles... Well, who, who are they serving and protecting? I mean, exactly. clearly, the response indicates that they serve and protect themselves and their interests. Yeah. Ingrid, thanks for that sh- uh, story. Anything else you want to share? Um, that's it. Thanks for having Appreciate me Appreciate hearing from you. Thanks for the call at 800-259-9231. Oh, and I might want to mention the Shrine of Female listeners. You can always go to shrine.freetalklive.com. And if you are a lady listener, uh, it's always nice to uh, to see that you're out there because talk radio is seen as a male-dominated medium, both in uh, behind the mic and uh, behind the, the radio, the, the ears listening to the program. So it's nice to be able to show that uh, we've got a diverse audience. So go to uh, shrine.freetalklive.com uh, excuse me, shrine.freetalklive.com as we go to Rob listening in Indy to WXNT. Hello, Rob. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, what's hey, up? I, I'm, no, I've been listening to your guys' show for a couple of years, and I do like it, and I really understand where you guys are coming from in a lot of things, but uh, I, you do tend to bash the police a lot. But just my little story, I do this job for free. I'm a police officer. I'm on a reserve division where I don't get paid, mm-hmm. and I do it to help others. Maybe well, that's great. Two, My dad was a deputy two. sheriff and did it for the same reason. Okay, well, so see, you're always saying people out there trying to do it for the power or whatever. Well, I'm sometimes I'm that person's last break, or I'm that one nice police officer if they didn't encounter somebody else. So not all of us are bad. I'm not trying to change your guys' mind. I've never said anything. they're all bad, dude. No, no. no I hate. I said I'm not trying to change your guys' mind on your the perception. But I'm just letting you know there are some good ones out here, and some of us even put our lives on the line for free. I, look, man, that's great. If you got in for the right reasons, that's fantastic. I know that there are cops that did do, that, you know, they did get in for the right reasons. But I also know that many of those good cops are asked to do bad things, and I'm not going to call them good when they're doing bad things. Now, I want to ask about. I, I, I agree. I want to ask about your your job. Now, do they call you in when something big happens? Like, you know, there's a little kid missing. They call you in to comb the forests. Um, um, <laughs> well, we could do something like that. Yes, we would get called in on any kind of special detail. 
Yes, but we also have we're also um, scheduled to work throughout the months to help supplement the road division. So, what's the road division? So, do you do? actually get behind the wheel of a cruiser? Absolutely, I go through wow. the same training as everybody else. Yeah, I get the same. I get the exact same training as a police officer is paid. I so just do it for free. What's the road division you know, do? I, do you pass out tickets? No, well, right, so just the regular ones who get dispatched to you know domestics or yeah, maybe pull cars over or uh, respond to theft reports. I mean, just your your basic. Um, police officer duties so what do you spend most of your time doing do you spend most of your time writing tickets or do you spend most of your time going to domestic calls what uh, what what's it like man i don't write many tickets so i can't say that i write most of my time i know it's tough out there for people to pay i mean for these economic times so i'm really lenient on the tickets you really gotta deserve one <laughs> I, you one know there's there are people that go <laughs> speeds that I, I feel deserve tickets i'm you know i'm not I, I'm, I'm not the one that's going to bash that look i've said on the air multiple times i think that the cops up here in Keene, new hampshire are cut above uh most cops in the the country i think that uh there are a lot of people out there that, that got into it for the right reasons but i think that you know you can't say that our critiques are incorrect it is a position oh, of uh, power and that position yes, does it's, it's, it's how it comes across in some cases well, right because we're talking about all kinds of bad police stories i mean that's well, a lot it's more not, interesting it's not only that but as activists and seeing what goes on here in Keene, we encounter the police and the bureaucrats and the bailiffs a lot like mm-hmm. several times a week and, and some people might not have an encounter with a police officer or a bailiff in years but, but yeah. yeah once every couple of years where so we kind of get a, a different viewpoint of the situation we we see that force being used we see that that violence of the state being used consistently and so clearly our viewpoint our perception is jaded that way or yeah. or whatever right it's it's hard to appreciate the police when and i mean in general it's hard to appreciate the police in general when they make a habit of aggressing against peaceful people i've said multiple times that if the police were out there just being peace officers if it were just their job to keep the peace to stop people from fighting separate people who are upset at one another stop you know go investigate murders investigate rapes you know catch real bad guys that really do harm to other human beings i'd love them I'd be all I'd be a fan of the police if that's all they were doing. But unfortunately, regularly they're giving out tickets, they're stopping people on the side of the road, they're harassing peaceful people who have never harmed another person. They're putting over a, a 1.5 million of our friends and our family members in jail cells uh, because they have like a plant or a chemical on them, <laughs> and they're hurting people. They're taking away people's wealth from them, and it's just a, if, I'm sorry, but that's what they do on a regular basis. Even the ones that got into it for the the right reasons. That's why Brad Jardis, who you heard call in uh, maybe a few nights ago as he was arrested down, uh, as he was coming back into this, the country at the southern border, that's why he quit being a cop, because he couldn't handle any being asked to do things that he realized were wrong. And that's why a lot of these cops are in law enforcement against prohibition. These former cops uh, are in law enforcement against prohibition today, because they looked back at their career, and they realized that what they were doing was wrong. They were putting peaceful people in cages, and they... Or at least it didn't work. And they re- no, they a lot of them feel really a lot of bad them do, about but it. At least it, they, yeah, but please remember, not all of them are peaceful. I mean, yes, there are there are some instances. I agree. I, no doubt, man. There, if somebody's out there being a gang, people. If somebody is being a gangbanger and shooting at people or hurting people, I agree with you. Those people need to be stopped. Yep, but I agree. The one point five. Thanks, dude. I appreciate hearing from you. Don't hesitate to call in again in the future. But the most of the people that are arrested in the war on drugs are arrested for simple possession. They're not arrested for committing criminal acts. Again, if people are doing real crimes, then they should be gone after. But unfortunately, the... 
The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com slash LC9. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you'd like. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free. So enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. You like the show? Want to help support Free Talk Live? Become an amplifier over at amp.freetalklive.com. Amp stands for advertise, market, and promote. The concept is you send in three bucks a month to Free Talk Live. We take that, reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations around the country, and bring more internet listeners on board as well, exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. So go to amp.freetalklive.com. And get signed up, get the perks, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only forum, and uh, let's see, the AMP-only podcast, and more. Go and get the details, and use any major credit card through PayPal, or use Visa or MasterCard right on our website at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. A few more thoughts on this whole police, the old, the old uh, issue of Free Talk Live hating the cops has uh, reared its, uh, its head again here tonight. And I understand why people would maybe feel that way about this program. Because there's no shortage of corrupt cop stories uh, that we can focus on. There's no uh, and and we stand uh, for you know a, a an evolution in governance that uh, you know allows people to make choices. And cops, unfortunately, get to be are. And they choose to do the job, whether you're a volunteer or do it, you know, whether you do it for free or do it for money. Mm-hmm. You choose to do a job that is the point of the spear of government tyranny. I mean, if government if government wants to take somebody's house because they refuse to pay property taxes because they don't believe uh, that they should for whatever reason, whether it's they don't believe in what public schools are doing or whatever, they believe they're free. They they have the misconception that they're free. Mm-hmm. Who do you think is going to come and kick them out? Right. Part, part of my personal feeling towards the police, and, and I treat the police like I treat anybody. I enter a situation in which this person is wearing a badge and a gun. If they are peaceful and respectful and, and cool and all that, I'm going to be the same way. And we can have a cordial conversation and, and maybe get to know each other and build a bridge or something to that effect. But if I enter a situation where the police officer or whoever it is is being violent, it, it, it doesn't matter if this person has a badge or a gun. It, it, it's not a person that I want to associate with, for one. And for two, I want that behavior to stop. If, if I feel that there is an injustice going Going on even more so then then I'm even more inclined to not like the situation and not like the person who is carrying out this misjustice or this injustice and uh, so that's you know in the courtroom that's much more prevalent and then you deal with the bailiffs in there or who are former police officers in most cases most cases and 
you know, that, that carries through and they tell you, oh, I'm former police. And, and they're sitting there in this latest incident where uh, we were at the Superior Court. One of the uh, the bailiffs really doesn't like Ian at all. And it's very, very clear immediately upon uh, talking to this this fella and, and just sort of interacting with him about this uh, this new order that they were talking about. It's it's like it's well, banning all uh, media devices from the court. Yeah, basically ba- banning all electronic devices in general. But this this uh, this court officer or whatever he is, he is clearly taking his position and using it for a sort of leverage point against a person he doesn't like, namely Ian. Now, obviously, Ian, as a liberty activist, is going to stand up to the the problems of the system or or the policies or the person or the badge whatever it is he's going to say this there's a problem here and I don't much care for it and and people don't like to you know be called out but at the same time it's just I, I, I will give the police the kudos they deserve, and I have in the past. When I've, they do the right thing. I've written a blog post sort of backing up the keen police at a point when things were really heated because I felt that there was too much anger that wasn't justified. But at the same time, I've criticized the keen police several times for various things. So it's, it's, it's based on what you do as an action. We can speak all the platitudes we want about whatever, whatever profession you want to talk about, but the simple fact is... People are scared when they see blue lights behind them. Yeah, that's right. And there's a reason that they are scared when there are blue lights behind them. Right. If they were peace officers, then it wouldn't be such a bad thing. Like, if if you knew that all the cops were out there doing was investigating real crimes, you might be worried that they thought that you were, like, a real criminal or something. But maybe your attitude would be more like, well, officer, how can I help you today? Can I help you, you know, maybe catch a real bad guy? I'd be happy to give the police information if I knew they were looking for somebody who was a killer or a rapist or somebody who's actually a horrible horrible to other human beings. I, I would cooperate with the police in those instances. But if the police are after people for speeding tickets and for possession of pot and, you know, whatever other fundraising devices, then no, I don't support that. And I, I've, I've gotten better over the years, because I've been pretty upset at what the police have been doing for a long time, uh, but I've gotten better over the years at seeing, as, as seeing, them at seeing them as human beings and realizing that these are people that, you know, they've got feelings too, they've got families, they've got things that they want to accomplish, and uh, it's important to me to see them as as human beings, because otherwise they just become these, you know, these evil uh, tools, uh, essentially, and you dehumanize them, and and I I think that leads to some real dangerous uh, situations. Right, the last, because that creates an us-and-them situation, it creates a conflict, and you do not want it coming down to you against the government. I mean, I I realize that it seems like the government is arrayed against you and i've definitely felt that way i do feel that way um but if you get the people in the government feeling like you're the enemy they're going to crush you yeah so i saw multiple keen police officers today as we were out and about we were taking care of uh, some paperwork stuff actually uh, an activist came into town from manchester with the intention of violating the uh, the court ban on media devices he actually did violate that ban openly and was not arrested so there was a little bit of progress today but during the process of going around town and filing notices and fi- filing various different paperwork with government agencies for a couple of different activists uh we encountered a few police officers and i always whenever i see him i wave and i smile and a lot of them wave and smile back. Some of them, you know, some of them got a little stick up their butt about. Uh, well, you do offer hugs at, at times too. The activists, yeah, I've been kind of, I've been a little, a bit a little off on offering the hugs, but I did offer a hug uh, recently to the angry little man at court, and he didn't like. Yeah. He didn't like that very no. much. That, I said that I thought he needed a hug. He didn't seem like somebody that gets hugs very often. <laughs> so, um, but. 
No, he's, See, he's now quite using upset. hugs as weapons. Oh, jeez. Uh, uh, using love as a weapon, Mark. Yeah. By the way, I'd like to clarify I'm not something. Sure that, but love and hugs are not the same thing, JJ. I would like to clarify <laughs> uh, something here. I, I am not anti-cop. I don't think anybody on the show is anti-cop. I don't like to be anti anything. I'd like to stand for something. Right. I'm pro. I like. I think this is what the guys at Cop Block say. I'm pro police accountability. I want these people to be accountable for their actions. When they hurt people, I want them. Pe- I want people to know they're hurting people. I want people who are hurt by them to know what they can do. Well, what about that? I'm sure you covered that story about that SWAT team that got a medal for raiding the wrong house. I haven't covered it, but it was on our website, I think, over at freetalklive.com. Well, things like that. Okay, if, if an officer helps out, you know, he goes in, he gets that girl out of the well or whatever it is, he, 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 yes, reward that person. If they do something above and beyond and they're heroic and whatever, maybe it's a minor thing, but yes, reward them. But if police officers are screwing up, if they're, and they're still getting awards, and they're still getting their pension, and they're still getting all that pay, mm-hmm. and still still getting all that power. There's something wrong because if if I screw up at my private job at at uh, Wally World, you know, I didn't stock the shelves quite right. I might not get paid because I might not have that job anymore. Right, and as was pointed out earlier, you can always uh, go find a different job somewhere else, uh, or as a customer, you can leave if you don't like the crappy customer service from JJ. Right. Uh, you know, you have options in the world of the police. You don't have options. All the only option you have is to go somewhere else. There's a monopoly because there's only there, in any given geographical area. There's always a monopoly on violence it's the people calling themselves government that have it and so the only the only real solution besides true accountability is to leave but that doesn't really make it so anyone's accountable it just means you're just trying to to avoid the most dangerous police departments and find one that's uh, that's a little less offensive uh, somewhere else and that's not acceptable to me it's not acceptable to uh, to have people out there who are peaceful who are being aggressed against by these p- folks calling them calling themselves the police I'm not going to pretend like they're heroes I'm not going to pretend like they're doing something that's noble when what they're doing is hurting peaceful people. And that's not noble. And I don't care what the law says. It doesn't, it doesn't excuse doing the wrong thing. It didn't excuse it during, uh, during you know, the World War II. It didn't excuse it when uh, blacks were being oppressed in the South. It, it, didn't, it never excuses it. They are just doing uh, what we are ordered yeah, yeah. Well, it's not an excuse. Well, I think we also, ways and means of making you talk. <laughs> I think also, it's like if if the police, if the idea of capturing and caging someone to better them is really the way that you want to go, and, and is really the idea that that you think they're pursuing, then why are they put in these concrete cells and all this money that they collect for people doing wrong isn't going to help them? Isn't going to to. Uh, fix their mental problems or their health problems or their addiction problems. Instead, they're put into a box where they can't really do anything and, and some doctors shove a couple of pills down their throat and say, just, just walk it off. You know, that's not really helping people. And, and that's where I, I see a big problem. It, let that, fine. If you're going to find someone for some, some stupid reason, have that money go to something that helps people not do that, or whatever it is, instead of just funding your city projects. More coming up here at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, an example of how exactly police don't help on the way where some kids have turned in their dad. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? 
ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of this program. You can dial in toll-free. Bring up what you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on our site there completely free. So enjoy those. You actually get to control the content of the site if you would like. You can vote on things that other listeners submit. You can submit your own stuff. Uh, you find something online that you think's interesting, you just submit it as show prep to freetalklive.com, and then it's then voted on and the most voted up, make it to the front page and the top of the website. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. So, uh, as I promised here, the story, it's a short one. I don't know, Mark, if you have a longer version. You mentioned that you had an iteration of this, uh, but from huffingtonpost.com. Where in Salt Lake City, authorities say a Utah man has been arrested after his two children called the police to report that he had marijuana in the house. Wow. Salt Lake Tribune reports the man was charged Tuesday with two third-degree felony charges of child endangerment and one Class B misdemeanor accusing him of possession of a controlled substance. The man's name wasn't reported. The newspaper says the man was found to have 23.9 grams, or almost an ounce, of marijuana in his Salt Lake City home. Almost an ounce? Yeah. Uh, Oh, no. Children uh, were ages 13 and 12, called the police after finding the What's the uh, odds that they went to public school? I would say darn good. Yeah, I suspect their D.A.R.E. program told them that uh, Daddy's doing something really horrible and and the police will help him. Daddy probably did something to punish them for something they did, and so they probably figured they'd get back at Daddy by calling the police. Just wondering how they're going to be, you know, how are they going to feel in two or three months, um, you know, when their family has to deal with this? Because believe me, the cops are not going to solve this problem. The authorities are Mm. not going to fix this problem. Well, I don't see a problem. Right, I mean, you know, whatever the problem might, well, you know, there's some kind of problem. If kids are snitching on their dad, there's some kind of problem. But, but I don't think what, consuming marijuana is any worse than drinking alcohol. No, I would say drinking alcohol can be much worse than consuming marijuana. Lots of people uh, drink beer and beat their kids. Not very many people smoke pot and do the same thing. And again, this guy's looking at two third-degree felony charges of child endangerment. What's that? What kind of a jail term does that have? Yeah, felonies. Hey, kids, how's how's life going to be when daddy's gone? Right mm. now, you don't have. Uh, now I, I don't Mommy know where has to work two jobs. Well, I don't know where mom is in this situation. She's not mentioned in the story. Was yours the same one from the Huffington Post? Yeah, it's the, I got the Huffpo one. Yeah. So uh, I, you know, we don't know where mom is. Maybe she's she didn't even live there. Maybe dad had full custody of the kids. Uh, maybe they are living together. Either way. 
it's going to get a lot more difficult for mom. Let's presume mom is either uh, separated or in the picture. Either way, it doesn't matter because uh, it's going to get a lot more difficult for her. Because if she was, if they were separated and daddy was the one that was kind of in charge of taking care of the kids, then now this burden is going to come onto her and dad's not going to be able to make any child support payments from within inside that prison cell. And if they were still together and they were still a couple, then, uh, well, then they've just lost uh, one of the breadwinners for the home. I mean, you've now got one parent that's able to work and pay for, you know, pay for the bills and pay for the kids. And the kids are to. too old to send to work to be able to, to make up for this. I mean, there's they're no... too s- young to send yeah. to work. Um, excuse me. They're too young to send to work. They're not old enough. Um, and now, you know, so what do we do? What do we do, government? Well, I suppose let's take go on the, welfare. Right, well, he should have never had that plant to begin with. Yep. <laughs> now everybody's got to pay because that plant existed, and now everybody, when they go on welfare, I mean, it's just stupid. Weed. Stupid. This is there's it's stupid. So I guess back to real quick to our last uh, call. We had a, a couple of cops actually call in last hour, and one of them was, you know, trotting out the old accusation that Free Talk Live hates the police. And uh, I think you're saying that sometimes it sounds that way. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but. Yeah, and of course, it's nothing to be further from the truth. We just want the police to be accountable for their actions and stop hurting peaceful people and do the right thing. So ask yourself, if you're a law enforcement officer, what would you have done if you had received the call? Let's say that you're out in your cruiser and, you know, all officers, uh, please respond. We've got a call from uh, some 13-year-old kids. They found Dad. He's got some pot in his uh, top drawer in the uh, the dresser in the bedroom. Can somebody respond to uh, 137 Main Street? This sounds like something that actually that admin, when, once there's a tip, likely an admin, uh, the you know lieutenants or captains, they're going to put somebody together, and they're going to put together a little team, and then they're going to send The SWAT them team. It's not, it's not necessarily going to be a SWAT oh, team. Oh, yeah. Shoot his dog. <laughs> But they do do that, though. They will send a, team, a SWAT team in just on an anonymous tips in some cases. So, Does Daddy have any guns? You, well, yeah. I think so. Right, yeah, you never know. You never know what they're going to do. But re- regardless, let's say the call comes to you, whether you're an administrator or whatever, the call comes to you about this situation. How do you handle it? How do you handle this? Because it's a different situation with a call that's come in as opposed to just pulling somebody over on the side of the road. Like some of the better cops will tell you that... When no one's around, if they pull somebody over as a pot smoker, maybe some kids with some beers or whatever, they'll make them dump the pot out or or dump the beer out, for instance. This happened to me once. Uh, We had, I don't know how old I was. I don't think I was 21. Uh, We had been drinking. Some some of us had been drinking. I had not. Uh, But my friends uh, were drinking, and they were drunk, and they needed to go home, and so I was going to drive them home. And that's what I did. I was uh, driving my little blue uh, pickup truck in, uh, in Sarasota this time. So there's no way I would have been 21 at this time. And uh, there was a pack of beers, like a 12-pack of beers in the back of my, my pickup truck. Some of them had been, I think, uh, em- some of them were empty. Some of them weren't. And so we were pulled over by this cop as uh, I was going around a bend where they had one of those yellow signs. Now, I didn't know that the yellow sign was a suggested speed. I had no idea about that. I always thought the yellow sign was like, hey, it's a yellow sign. Be extra careful. This is a dangerous thing. You need to go slower because it's a yellow sign. But sometimes they'll say 35 miles an hour around this curve, and it's not a proscription. It's a suggestion. Right. I had no idea about that, though. I saw a speed limit, right? Speed limit or whatever. I just saw the number. It's a sign. I was trained. I was young. I, f- I figured, you know, I didn't... <laughs> I didn't pay that close of attention to all the... He pulls you over because nobody does that. Right. I was literally pulled over for going the speed limit around this curve. What is the speed limit? The suggested Thank speed. Thank you. The su- I was pulled over for going the suggested speed around this uh, this curve. And the guy thought that that meant that I was drunk because I was being cautious. 
Right. Which, of course, really, most drunks right. aren't very it's cautious. a terrible reason to pull somebody over. If somebody's being cautious, then yeah. let them go on their way. Let's pull over the drunks that are dangerous. But right. anyway, the cop did <laughs> find the beers. In the, I explained to the officer that, because uh, I, I didn't want these guys blabbing too much. So I explained to him, look, I'm taking these guys home. They're, they're drunk. And I haven't been drinking. And he apparently believed me. He never bothered to breathalyze me or anything like that. And he's probably got a lot of experience in this area, yeah. too. Yeah. And uh, and he then did find the uh, the alcohol in the back of the truck because it's obvious. You know, put a flashlight back there, you see the alcohol. And uh, he then dumped out the beers and he let us go. So, in an instance where the cop, you know, the better cops are alone and they're not being held accountable by their higher ups. You know, if, they, if they've got if if he was riding with the uh, the captain, then he might have behaved a little differently. Right? By if the was, book. Yeah, if there was somebody there who could eyeball him and his behavior and hold him uh, you know, to account, then he might have behaved differently, might have made an arrest. Who knows? Uh, but he didn't. So I know that in those cases where they're alone, they can have more discretion. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate when the police uh, use discretion in, uh, in those cases. But in, in a lot of cases, you know, like in this case with the 12 and the 13-year-old, if this comes in as an order from the lieutenant or you know, an order from uh, one of the captains, then what do you do? Come on, you don't really think this guy should go to jail, right? Well, I, I, I mean, how many of you that, that are actually listening now think that an, less than an ounce worth of plant matter is worth the ruination of this man's life and the subsequent ruination of his child's lives? The law is the law! No, 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 no. I mean, as a compassionate human being who has feelings and empathy, who has There's no emotions, room for compassion! This is the law! Do you really think that this is the right way to do things? Yeah. 1-800-259-9231. If you'd like to answer that question, let's go to David listening in New Hampshire. David, you're on Free Talk Live at the NJJ and Mark. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, David. I was going to say something to the officers. I was hoping I would be able to talk to one of them, but um, I was going to say um, if um, they're really shooting the messenger when they complain about people complaining about the police, it's within their power to 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 um, to not tolerate and 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 call out their fellow officers and to create that kind of atmosphere within their ranks. But they're not going to call out their fellow officers because it's the brotherhood. They're all yeah. uh, they're thin all in the blue line. Yeah, the thin blue line. Yeah, if somebody comes over the radio making racist comments, I don't think too many people chime in and say, "Hey, that's uncalled for, Jim." Hey, David, thanks for You know the US dollar is devaluing. You can see it happening every day. You know a new currency will take over at some point. Wouldn't you like to be in on the ground floor? Bitcoins. They're a decentralized, anonymous internet currency. They're free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use them anywhere in the world, and their value seems only to be increasing. Find out more at weusecoins.org. Don't be kicking yourself in the pants in a month. Your dollars are going down. Bitcoins are going up. Weusecoins.org. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. JJ. 
And Mark. All right. And don't forget to join us on our website. We've got a webcam. You can watch. You can listen. You can interact because the chat room is built into the same page as the webcam. Go to cam.freetalklive.com to do those things and do them for free, of course. That's the way a good talk show website should be. Cam.freetalklive.com. And do bear with us as uh, we are going through some changes with our webcams uh, system. We changed providers recently from Ustream to Livestream. And as a result of changing providers, there's been some technical difficulties that have kind of cropped up. And I've got a new cam on order, so maybe by the end of this week we'll have the cam looking better than ever. Uh, I'm hoping it'll all pan out, so we'll let you know. But in the meantime, it's still operating, uh, so go to cam.freetalklive.com. You can see it there. It's all free. Let's go to Ralph, listening in Maryland to XM Satellite Radio's America's Talk. Hello, Ralph. Hey, gentlemen. How are you doing there? Super. What's on your mind today? Hey, listen, uh, I, I understand where you're coming from. Is We all want a quote-unquote sanitized version of our law enforcement and peace officers and, you know, what have you. And, and I know that's quite a reach, but, you know, i got, I got to be honest with you. Uh, I don't know if you guys, I don't know what the age makeup you guys are. I don't know if you ever heard of a place called Bensonhurst, Brooklyn. Anybody yep. ever heard of it? Sure. Okay. Well, I lived there. I'm a person of color. I actually lived there. I was a recipient racist violence, and also are the recipient of some pretty evil cops. And that's just a handful, okay? But I was able to separate the wheat from the chaff with these individuals because I also was a recipient of good cops. Sure. Okay? And I think the problem that we're facing with as private citizens is that we're allowing certain media outlets to put a blanket on uh, something very important as peace officers who we rely on on our everyday protection. And we have to be very, very careful with that because what's happening is is that each time an indiscretion is committed by a handful of yahoos, for lack of a better term, okay, the criminal element emboldens itself because we blanketed everybody, and now good cops, as you just pointed out, are more difficult to be found or to do their jobs because now they become stereotyped. We don't need that, and it's a very difficult thing to try to, to fight. So... You're, my, you're making my, my a, a heck of a statement here. You're saying that your average thug is somehow uh, emboldened because of the news about cops being some cops being bad. Is that what you're saying? Pretty much, and I'll tell you why. I come from the '60s, okay. And if you even look at a cop cross-eyed, you're going to get whacked. I mean, for lack of a better, I'm sorry, I don't mean to put it that extreme. But cops were respected back in the day. Okay, I'm not saying they were all good. You know, they 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 crossed the line to some degree. That is true. But the average individual respected cops. Now you get a few cops who cross the line. Okay. Now what happens is the slip and fall lawyers, if you will, now embolden the criminals by saying, look, if they do this or do that or or even go this direction with you in terms of the law, you know, you can fight it, and you know, and and and, and it just it just gives the I mean, well, I articulate that very well. Who have well. you ever talked to? I mean, how, how often have you heard about cops being held responsible and people getting settlements for cops stepping over the line? You have to almost have irrefutable proof for this to happen. You can't just say, oh, yeah, that cop hit me and I wasn't, uh, you know, I wasn't doing nothing. I mean, don't, please don't make the legal system seem that easy. No, no, wait a minute now. Hold up, fella. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Okay. I've done that. I've seen it. I've seen it, and I've read it with my, my own eyes. I've seen it happen. There's been a lot of out-of-court settlements with cops, uh, citizen interactions. 
Well, yeah, it's not like the NYPD isn't a corrupt force. I mean, you know, the, the, let's 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 take a look here. They've, they've been shown in many cases where admin on down is corrupt. So, yeah, I mean, if you've dealt with a corrupt force, it, it's more likely that you're going to see settlements in that direction. When a if jury you are, of if you are dealing, if you are dealing with the higher elements or the powers to be in NYPD in the upper echelon, yeah, you see corruption. But that doesn't necessarily mean it trickles down to the good guy in the uniform who's hitting the feet on the street. It doesn't mean that necessarily. Corruption's it, it, rampant across all, all police uh, associations around the country. I mean, there's corruption. I, I knew somebody from New York, a former police detective, who told me that everybody was corrupt. He, he didn't know a single cop that wasn't corrupt in one way or another. Well, I'm afraid that's just a blanket statement that is not correct, because if that was the case... He's got as much credit as you. It was, it was correct for him. He was, he was a cop in New York City, and knew he knew other cops. cops. Too. I knew a lot of cops, too. I knew a lot of detectives, too. Were you, know, you a cop? No, I worked in security, and I worked with a lot of these people uh, arm in arm well, in a lot of cases, okay? so Maybe you didn't know them cases, that well. I won't make the statement that this police officer made, but I will say that New York, the New York Police Department has dealt with a great deal of corruption, so I can understand why a jury of your peers would side with people who are claiming that they have been mistreated by that police department if the news that they receive seems to be weighing in the direction that the police department is corrupt. But I don't think that most... Co- I, I think that if you try to bring a lawsuit against most cops in most departments, you're going to find that it's mostly a real difficult thing to do. Well, I think well, one I other never, thing I needs to be said, noted, never, too, is, never, is that I the... I never said it was easy. I never said it was easy. You know, don't don't misinterpret it. I never said it was easy. I said that they happened. Okay. okay. I never said they well, were also, you, you were talking about growing up in the 60s and experiencing all this. I think there's been a fundamental change between the policing that happened during the 60s and then the war on drugs that they occurred, what was it, uh, early 70s or late 70s? Late 60s, early 70s. Yeah, uh, right around the, uh, the 70 mark. And that changed law enforcement, I think. That changed their policies. It changed how they dealt with certain situations. And it came from the federal government. So I don't think it was the proper method of introducing new policies for a community police force. But it's the one-size-fits-all federal government scheme that they've been using for all the other issues that they're dealing with. So I think that had a large part to play. We can agree to disagree with that, and that's fine. You know, but the, the bottom line is... You know, you don't, I, I can only go. I can only go by my experience, and I just still think we need to be careful about blanketing certain things. We really need to be very, very, very careful because you're going to get stuff on the. When you say boat. blanketing, what do you mean by that? When I say blanketing, like you, just go with this Arizona situation over here, right? Now we got a bunch of guys emailing stuff or receiving emails and, and, go, and commu- uh, this communication, making these racist remarks and and what have you. And I, of course, I don't condone that whatsoever. Okay. Uh, my question is, would you feel better about that if they'd done that as private citizens? Hold on. What I felt, if, if who would have done what as private citizens? If these, individuals, the if, 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 if these individuals who were in uniform would have done this act or sent these emails and received all these things yes. as private citizens, would right. you feel uh, better well, with that? Well, I guess that what I um, I like the idea of bigots not being in power. If that's what you're asking me, I would like people who um, you know do not choose not to make decisions based on someone's skin color to be in positions well, of neither authority. Do, neither do I. Neither do I. I mean, I'm, I'm not advocating that whatsoever. Okay, 
Right. You just said you asked the question, and, and my said, answer yes. is and yes. The, and the answer is yeah. It's it's worse to have the cops doing these things than just private people being racist. I, I find racism, bigotry, despicable across the board. But it's even but more I don't have dangerous. to deal with your standard redneck with a with a uh, Confederate flag sticker on his uh, truck. I don't have to deal. He with can't him. pull you over. Right. But I do have to deal with a cop that can't put the redneck uh, sticker on the back of his car. Fine, that's fine, gentlemen, and you have a great night. Ralph, thanks for the call, dude. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. I agree with you, JJ. I think the uh, the war on drugs has drastically increased the corruption of the police, and to ignore that is to ignore reality. 1-800-259-9231. Talk to the old-timer cops. There's a guy that we know who's a police trainer, or was a police trainer until he quit because he was so frustrated with the piss-poor quality of... is Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Go to the mobile site. Maybe you've got a, a smartphone. You'd like to get quick access to our streams or podcast, m.freetalklive.com. We'll get you there. M, as in mobile.freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. Right back to you and your phone calls. Let's talk to Ken, listening in Delaware to WGMDFM. Hello, Ken. Hi, how you doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight, Ken? Uh, I had a question about the guy uh, that was had the marijuana in his house and his children called the police. Yes, sir. Um, I just was wondering, would, that, would it change your opinion at all if it turned out the guy was selling it? Absolutely not. Uh, I mean, people need to sell marijuana in order for people to, bu- to have it, have marijuana. And most <laughs> marijuana ch- dealers are completely peaceful folks. Would it change your oh, mind? I absolutely if, agree. Would you? And would I it change your mind if he was uh, brewing beer and selling it? No, I, it's. I think pot is harmless. I mean, I think it should be legalized, but it's selling something like that out of a house where there are children present. You know. God, years ago, I used to smoke it, so I know all about that. Well, you're well, you're drawing some conclusions from your experience, and admittedly, yeah. some of the places that I've bought drugs have not been the, uh, the the nicest places. But you have to remember that people all across the uh, the socioeconomic spectrum do drugs, buy drugs, use drugs, and sell drugs. So. You know, I have also bought drugs in situations where I would have just considered them people's homes. I mean, if you call oh, marijuana absolutely. a drug. Well, yeah. uh, to, to, to kind of back you up a little bit here, uh, caller, there is the perspective that one who sells drugs is more likely to be robbed of those drugs. And so, therefore, That's by exactly, selling drugs yeah. out of one's home, uh, that would perhaps put the kids at a greater risk of well, it, yeah, experiencing I, I guess violence. It, when you talk about selling drugs, I guess it draws up different pictures in people's minds. What I was thinking of is selling of uh, these things to his friends and uh, family members and people he knows, but he could just be selling them on the street to everybody. Mm-hmm. Remember, he had less than an ounce of pot, so well, we're I mean, not talking about that situation. Kind of a lot of pot, but what? You know, that's what no. you think. Yeah, well, an ounce is not a lot of an pot. An ounce is not a lot of pot. No. no. Yeah. 
no, no drug dealer is has an ounce of pot. If he is, he's out. And yeah. he's not a drug dealer because he's not dealing drugs. <laughs> right. And you're right, Mark. Okay. Most people that are selling pot or cocaine or whatever it is they're selling, whatever drug it is they're selling, they're selling it to on a small amount to their friends or family members just to kind of help people out and help them pay for their own stash, uh, basically. So there's not a lot of risk if you're selling to your brother or if you're selling to, you know, the guy across the street. Well, what if, okay, what if your family owns a, um, an apothecary or a pharmacy or something and then the kids are in there Good while you're point. watching them? I mean, you're dealing drugs then, too. Why is it any different well, than And pot? you've been in the, apothe- uh, the local uh, apothecary when it was robbed yes. by a guy with a knife. Yeah. And you so, went and stopped it. Yeah. So, right, would you also, I mean, if it's bad to have uh, kids in the house of somebody who's selling pot to, to people out of their home, is it also bad to just have your kids at a place of business where they could be, you know, there could be a robbery there? That's an interesting perspective. Yep, yeah. I, I've yeah. seen I've seen people have their kids at restaurants. You know, they, they they help out and that kind of thing. Somebody could come in and rob the restaurant. Yeah, and they probably might serve alcohol at the restaurant or I've some s- family businesses that I've seen. You I, know, the, the family's right there. And and sometimes uh, you'll you'll find uh, families that own uh, convenience stores. Tell me those places aren't a little dangerous. Ken, anything else you want to share? Uh, no, I just I asked. I would like to say that I asked that question with the caveat if he was selling, and nobody knows that he was. He I wasn't. I mean, come on, dude. If he, he was less than an deal. ounce. If he was, yeah. no big deal. I mean, what, yeah. what, what, whoop-de-doo. Somebody's selling some pot. I don't think you should expose your kids to added dangers, but uh, I would th- say that uh, in certain circumstances, uh, selling drugs is about as is, is, is dangerous as uh, owning a convenience store. Thanks for the call tonight. Well, just to uh, pause it to you two, would, would it be more dangerous to subject your kids to uh, selling drugs out of your house or sending them to public school? More dangerous to the development of the kid, sending them to uh, public school. But it's really a bad idea. Either it's a bad idea to sell drugs out of your house. Period. Whether you've got kids or not, um, because if you're selling if you're selling pot, it's one thing. If you're selling other drugs, then you've got some real bad elements possibly coming to your home, and that can lead to police raids. It can lead to robberies at gunpoint. Uh, none of these things you want the your kids to uh, to be encountering. You know, if you are going to be selling pot, I would recommend that you uh, deliver it. So you take sure, it to sure. your take it to the customers that way they don't know where you live because I mean just on a practical scale even if you never get robbed or raided uh, you don't want some pothead coming around at three in the morning uh, you know pounding on your front door because uh, they want to get their hands on some you know some some pot for a party that they're having if they just ran out uh, or something like that that stuff happens to to drug dealers if they if they know you know if their customers know where their homes are the customers are likely to show up at those uh, those homes at hours at which there maybe is uh, it's inappropriate for them to show up whereas if the uh, the drug dealer is a delivery person then they're you know if they don't want to hear from their customers they just turn their cell phone off and that's it. So, uh, 800-259-9231. Isn't it, uh, I, I don't know everything about uh, dealing drugs. It's not uh, not, not, not what I've done. In I don't know life. everything about it, but I, I've known some drug dealers. So. But if you're going to do, if you're going to do it from your home, you're just basically inviting everybody to find out where you are. If you're doing deliveries, at least you have some kind of control on the place and Correct. the people and, and that kind of thing. It seemed like that is the safer way to do it. If, especially if you've got kids. It's, just, it's the smartest way all around. I mean, period. Uh, same thing with like uh, growing pot too. Don't ever tell anybody about that. Yeah, why no, would you do no, that? No, Just no, to no. impress them? Right. Oh yeah, you're impressive in jail. Yeah. The more people you tell about your uh, growing pot, the more likely somebody's going to snitch on you. The more likely uh, somebody will, or possibly get robbed or raided in, the, in those cases as well. 
So be careful out there. 800-259-9231. But there's nothing wrong with selling pot. I mean, the, the or su- growing it. Right. Either or growing way. it. But this, the suggestion was that you know there's some sort of extra problem with selling it. And frequently you'll hear this when uh, decriminalization or legalization is proposed. Like, for instance, in Portugal, where they have decriminalized possession of small amounts of all drugs. And they've had great success with it, by the way. I mean, it's been an overwhelming success. You know, crime has gone down, addictions of all the things that we've ever said about prohibition, true. Uh, it's been proven in, in Portugal. But there's still this kind of political position where no politician wants to be the friend of a drug dealer. They, they don't want to take the side of uh, free yeah, the, commerce. It, yeah, the, the, unless a drug dealer is some big name pharmaceutical company. Right. Yeah, then they'll be the friend that gets that pocket greased and, and mm-hmm. those fine dinners and the uh, the trips to some spa getaway and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, the politicians don't want to be seen as supporting drug dealing because for some reason that's bad. Uh, so it's even if they can come around to the idea of letting users have their drugs, they'll still say things like, but we're going to continue cracking down on those dealers and those growers. We're going to stop them because they're bad. So it's okay to have a little bit of pot, but it's bad to be the guy who sold the pot to you? It's bad for 10 people to have one ounce, but if one person has the 10 ounces in separate bags, then you know he's a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, most of the people that I've known that have sold drugs are just looking to either cover their costs for their own habits or they're business people and they act as business people as much as they can in a, in a, in a black market. Yeah, if you, want, if you want to cut down the cost of government, cut down the cost of incarceration, cut down the cost of the judicial system for the American people, and you want to make this a, a more productive nation, legalize marijuana. Just, just get get out of people's lives with marijuana. You know, I'm not saying tax it. I don't think the government has any business taxing uh, what uh, free people decide to exchange liquor, marijuana, or whatever. But if you know, if that's what it takes, I suppose that's what it takes. Oh, by the way, back to the story about the 12 and 13 year old kids that turned in dad for growing, or excuse me, not growing pot, but for having about an ounce of pot. This is a perfect reason to get your kids out of government school and keep them out of government school. In fact, never put them in government school in the first place, because if they'd never been in government school in the first place, then it would have been you who got to educate your kids about pot. Yeah. And uh, and who knows what the real story is. Maybe he did educate his kids about pot, but they were upset at him uh, because he did something to them and they wanted to get him back. No and, telling. And they didn't realize what all the consequences would be. But... One thing's for sure, the government people are doing their best to brainwash your kids about drugs and lie to them about right. drugs. It was the government's lies about drugs that got me to, and I guess it's kind of a good thing they lied to me about drugs, because it was uh, how I discovered that they lie, <laughs> and uh, it led me down the road to uh, to freedom. So kind of the irony, uh, I guess it's sort of an irony here is that you know, maybe I wouldn't be doing the things I'm doing today had it not been for the war on drugs. With all that said, it needs to end. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line is destroying lives, destroying families. And I don't mean the drugs. I mean... This is Free Talk Live. Enough time remains for you and your thoughts if you dial in right now at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and you can join us on our website, of course, at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features we give to you there for free. Once again, freetalklive.com. If you've ever been the victim of an injustice and decided to do nothing about it because attorneys are just too expensive, jurisdictionary.com is the course for you. 
It's for people who don't have attorneys. It arms you with the information on how to use the court's rules. Until you know these rules, you're fighting in the dark. It works for plaintiffs or defendants in civil or criminal matters in state or federal courts. Costs less than an hour with any good attorney in the four CD courses. So easy the average eighth grader can learn it in a weekend lots of free tools over there at jurisdictionary.com this is the course that you should have gotten in high school about physics is it physics civics civics it's jurisdictionary.com all right we'll continue with your phone calls your thoughts kevin is listening in delaware to wgmd fm hello kevin kevin Kevin's gone. Sounded like, Certainly sounded like he's gone. Uh, Kevin, if we missed you or something happened with your phone, you're welcome to call back in. Eight- Tomorrow night. No, you can call in right now. 800-259-9231. Still time for you and your thoughts here. As uh, we continue, Kevin is Kevin's phone, it says here. I don't know what that means. All right, so 800-259-9231. Mark, you had something you wanted to share on this uh, cops situation. Yeah, Matt writes in and says, One underlying factor that completely destroys my trust in police and the justice system is the fact that there is absolutely no recourse for any person, criminals and the accused included, that have been wronged in any area of the legal system. When a prosecutor falsifies evidence, a policeman shoots somebody in the back, it gets covered up. My time in the the military participating in security forces, we knew that not only would we personally um, need to be threatened, but other persons and valuable property would need to be threatened before we could use deadly force. We used a force continuum that was directly proportional to the threat. If somebody was walking in a restricted area, we would use our voice. Then we would use our hands. Then a baton. Then call for assistance. We were told that if we ever aimed our weapon, let alone shot somebody, we would be going to the brig until everything was sorted out by JAG. In Japan. Now, just imagine if this was how it was for cops. you got to go, look, if you shoot somebody, you're going to have to sit in jail until we get this sorted out. They get a paid vacation, usually. Right. In Japan, it's suspension with pay. Yeah, he says. In Japan, the police were not allowed to draw their weapons or shoot a suspect unless, um, a, in the case of a civilian, is an immediate danger. They isolate Gene the calls bi- from uh, sometimes. Gene, the Christian anarchist, sometimes goes to China and calls in from there. So he says the cops there don't even have guns. The street, like the street cops, right? Have guns. You know, they, so I mean, one needs to ask themselves. You know, if you're thinking Red China is this uh, totalitarian regime, the cops don't even have guns. I'm sure there are some people in their government that have guns, but not the street-level cops, according to him. He says the J- Japanese police isolate the violent person, wait for them to calm down. They don't shoot first and ask questions later. They certainly don't bash into a house, an anonymous tip, guns a-blazing. They take the do-no-harm perspective. It seems strange to me the police in the USA are not ever asked to make uh, sense that w- when they arrive, things often get worse. The burden of liability should be on the police to prove that if they had never arrived, things would have gotten worse. So he's suggesting the police should be able to be there to de-escalate situations, to help people. And that's Sounds all I reasonable. want. That's all I want. Well, and my the- experience with a cop at an airport was, you know, he's... I, I, he I, pushed you. Yeah, he didn't push me. He, he, he basically came up and he said, you got a problem? I mean, like a thug, on the, like, a, like a bully on the playground. This isn't what I'm paying these guys to do. Well, I, I think... You know, a large, large part is the training difference. You know, and as you noted, in Japan, they have a certain procedure for following when the uh, escalation is, is undertaken as far as drawing the, the, the firearm, stuff like that. I think the training that the officers in, in this country have, have received has been much more escalation-based and, and more violent, I think. Yeah, I don't know that, culture I think violence. they get trained properly. I think that their training is just undone when they get on the streets because there's this culture of being able to do whatever the they want. The culture starts in the training. 
they, they're trained to intimidate. They're trained to scare people. They're trained to uh, they're yeah, trained yeah, sure. to hurt. Let's continue with you and your thoughts. So, Captain Ned, listening in Florida, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Captain Ned. Hey, guys. How you doing tonight? And they're trained to lie as well. Go ahead, Ned. <laughs> hey, uh, I'd like to weigh in on this uh, anti-immigration laws that are passed by several states of Alabama and uh, Georgia yesterday you're talking about. Hmm. And everybody was kind of incredulous that the illegals are leaving there. Well, the illegals know what's coming. If you've ever been down there, they know that they're not going to play around with them. They're going to they're going to get them out, and they can't they can't sag under the weight of these illegals anymore. The hospitals are crushed. Who can't, now, who can't state, sag under the weight? The several states of Alabama and Georgia. Now, I can't speak for Georgia, but I know Alabama's can, law. Can we please stop them. calling human beings illegals? It's dis- well, okay, it's disgusting okay, to me. Here, here's here's the thing. Let's bring 300 million red Chinese in next year because they're all they're all oppressed. Let's bring them right here and let's. Just Why would the it, Chinese want to? I mean, not all the Chinese want to leave huh? China because China's getting better. I mean, over time. Oh, so. no. Hey, if, if you if you read this, uh, Boise, Idaho, they want to make a 50 square mile potential city of red Chinese. Check it out. So. That's, well, let's well, let people come here who want to come here. Well, yeah. I'll tell you what. Let's do this, Captain Ned. Let's stop forcing me to pay to subsidize not just immigrants, not illegal, illegal, or whomever, but American citizens too. I shouldn't have to pay to send their kids to school. I shouldn't, uh, you know, the hospitals shouldn't be forced to give medical attention to people that they know aren't going to pay. If they want to, they can have charity wings, and lots of hospitals have these things, and I well, think that yeah. would be awesome. But you're true. saying that their infrastructure is sagging under the weight, and that may Absolutely. be true. In some circumstances, the weight is. But I'll tell you what: our infrastructure is sag is is now ready to sag under the weight of not having the immigrants. Because look at those; the food's not getting picked in Georgia. Well, guys, let's not bleed uh, for the uh, big agribusiness, Tyson and Purdue, and the big uh, meatpacking companies. They're tremendous polluters. All they're doing is exploiting these workers. For many decades, the only people who worked the farms in the United States were U.S. people. They were not Mexicans. They weren't Guatemalans. They were Americans. Yes, they were very poor Americans. Well, and... And now, very poor Americans, guys. I mean, you know, now the standard of living has gone up because Americans are given a bunch of free crap. Right? They're lazy, man. There are poor Americans, but they're not lining up to take those jobs, Captain Ned. There are eleven thousand jobs. They can't threaten people into jail uh, for for taking these jobs. I mean, these are probationers. I disagree with that, guys. I've spent time down there. What do you uh, disagree with? The fact that there are eleven thousand jobs available on farms right now in Georgia. when yeah, when when uh, when Alabama and Georgia clear the decks down there, a lot of those people will have the opportunity to have a job. Who are the US. opportunities there right now? They're losing millions of dollars because nobody's well, filling these what, positions. That's what big agribusiness is always going to say. Don't don't cry for Cargill, man. <laughs> but anyway, thanks for talking to me, bye. Well, nobody so mentioned just, big agribusiness um, in this article. I mean, they just said that this one guy's farm, you know, and labeled his name, well, I don't know, Fred like, or whatever. Have you, have you ever seen a Purdue chicken plant or a Tyson chicken plant? It's all illegals. There, there's no white people working in there. <laughs> well, so How do you know any of that? I've been down there, guys. Trust me. Hey, let well, me tell you real quick. There are, what, you think there aren't white illegals, too, if you want to use that term? I did illegal? actually uh, get a, give a job to a white illegal at one point in my life. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Captain <laughs> Ned. This whole calling people illegals is so dis- I find it so dis- distasteful. Yeah. These are human beings. Well, no. I mean, that's that's how someone talks about human beings in a, in a manner that doesn't dignify the human race, is by... by 
demonizing them and labeling them some demon form, whether it's illegal or... Uh, the Japs. Yeah, the Japs or, or any other you know, slang terms that they've used in the, over the years. And, and it's, Right, it's somebody it we can just write off. We, right. we can just write that person off because they haven't jumped through a bunch of governmental hoops and paid government people a bunch of fees. That makes them bad. Right. It's, just, well, it's, it's insulting. Well, it's the idea that, you, that we were talking about here in moving to New Hampshire. Is there are jobs out there, but you know what? You might have to work at McDonald's, or you might have to work at Walmart. You might have to work at this chain store over here. Yeah, it, it sucks. It's terrible work, but it's still work, and it's still there, and it's still available. So people who complain about the job market are, are just complaining about their own, their own tastes for what, what labor they actually wish to do. So yeah, I want a job like this one that pays twice as much. 800-259-9231 is the number here. By the way, that number is brought to you by SACL CAI and the great Jason Osborne. Jason Osborne rocks. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Mark, tell me one more thing here. Yeah, if you, you know the U.S. dollar is devaluing, and you can see it happening every day. You know that a new currency will at some point take the place of the U.S. dollar as the world's reserve currency. Or at least people will use it like it is. Wouldn't you like to be in on the ground floor of that currency? Bitcoins. They're a decentralized, anonymous internet currency. They're free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use them anywhere in the world, and their value has been trending upward with time. I uh, just checked them out, and they're you know at fourteen, almost fifteen dollars. Check it out. Um, you can find out more at weusecoins.org. Don't be kicking yourself in the pants in a month. They could be you know they, they could be worth another ten you know ten percent more than they are now. Your dollars are going down. Bitcoins are going up. We use coins.org. 1-800-259-9231. That'll be the number you can use tomorrow night. We're out of time for tonight. Uh, and I wish we had more time to talk about the immigration issue, but I'm sure it will come up again at some point. Uh, it's been Ian here with you. JJ. And Mark. Back tomorrow, online in the meantime at Free Talk Live.